April 26, 1998, the Bullworth soundtrack came out, and it was almost as important as Bullworth the movie thought it was. NBC's Merlin miniseries starring Sam Neill was indeed a thing that happened and not a fever dream you had while watching Jurassic Park. In Gwyneth Paltrow's Sliding Doors, we see the different lives a person could lead just by missing a train. Meaning in New York City, the subway creates an alternate reality every six seconds. Meanwhile, in Greensboro, North Carolina, The Undertaker and Kane tried to light each other on fire at Unforgiven in your house. This bullshit has gotta stop. This is Hell on a Cell Phone. Welcome to all of you listening at one and a half speed, learning what Bobby Hankinson, sitting to the right of me, told us that our theme song is a bop. It's true. 1.5 speed theme song is it slaps. It's just like a really good track. And if you're listening to Bobby Hankinson on one and a half speed, you're actually listening to him at four speed. Yes. Double speed is somewhere around like five and a third. Yep. And beyond to, that, it goes to infinity. I listen to podcasts on two and a half speed, and I'm like, this is how it sounds in my brain already all the time when I speak all the time. And when I listen to anyone else speak, it's like at like a half speed. How was therapy Quarter today? speed. <laughs> Intense. Also, we've got Eric Silver. Hey, Eric. Hey, I'm, I think I'm at half speed normally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think of like what Bobby would sound like not at one at his normal one and a half speed or two speed it's like what anyone who had the chipmunks on uh vinyl did when they were a kid and they just just slow it down and it's just a bunch of normal guys talking (laughs) (laughs) uh i think Patton oswalt was the one who uh first made that joke though so i'm not gonna take credit well i was gonna do a bit about the kfc uh sadness bowl bowl, so well uh, Eric and I realized today that we both have problems with dates and math. We thought, both thought for a minute there that this was going to be our one-year anniversary show, but then we realized we release every two weeks, meaning there's 26 episodes for a full year, not 48. Yeah. I, or 24. Or wait, what? Yeah. There's 26. There's, there, yes. Because there's 22 yeah, weeks in there a year. There it is. And then the 27th episode is our actual anniversary because there's that one extra one. To be fair to Aaron and Eric, who are much better at math combined than I will ever be, I'm not even attempting to figure this out. And I, even <laughs> as you're explaining it, I don't know. I don't understand. What I like you're how saying. you had to combine. First of all, you're so bad at math. You had to combine our math skills <laughs> to beat one of your math skills. So two of more than you is is more than you. <laughs> Hold on, this is already Wait. too mathy. <laughs> If you take two two things where each thing is greater than Bobby's skill and you add them together, it's just greater than Bobby's well, skill. Well, that's just the speed at which Bobby talks at this yeah. point. <laughs> I also have like a weird pop culture black hole from this week in April 1998. Do you guys remember the song Too Close by Next? Yeah, of, of fucking course I do. Okay, I don't. What? I don't at all. I, I don't. First of all. I, first, I think I realized my biggest... Um, my biggest deficit when it comes to pop culture knowledge is 90s R&B. Wow. I don't know if I know the song. It's a song about boners? It's 100% about boners. It's, it's literally Should, about can boners. Can you give me a few bars? Oh, you're dancing real close and real, and, real and slow. And you know when what I... Making it hard for me. 
Oh, and the man. thing is, I, I realized as I put on the song to listen to it that it's the Why the Fuck You Lion song that came. Why the fuck you lion? That was the meme from a few years back? Mm, no? Don't know that one either. I don't know that meme. I'm not sure. But this, I know. It was a song next about lying close. set to Next Too Close, basically. Uh, oh. By the way, uh, this is around the, this would be the year that I am I'm going to be having my prom. Aww. Wow. Around this time, so Too Close might have been played. It would. It played at all my school dances. It made me, I just remember at the time even being like, "This is meta," because we're in high school and middle school, and everyone's got boners. Everyone has huge boners. Literally, it's nonstop boner town. The first line is, "I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now." And there's a girl. And it's spoken. There's a girl part that goes. Uh, that uh, might be a radio. Stand edit. back, you're dancing kind of close. I feel a little poke coming oh, through yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on you. That yes, girl, I heard I this in the car recently. It, but you know, I can't help it. Yes. You know what I want to do. Perfect pitch. It. Thank you. <laughs> and the number one movie was... Was also too close by next. <laughs> it was Bullworth. <laughs> it was the big hit. What is that? Oh, was I, that like a like a, a comedy, like a dark comedy with like a with a hitman? Your guess is as good as mine. I've literally, I don't. This seems. It like made a, ten million dollars this weekend, and I've never heard of it. I've I think never there might have been a Wahlberg in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Wow, no, this definitely skipped my um. Me here did not see this. Yeah, affable hitman Melvin Smiley is constantly being scanned by his cutthroat colleagues in the life-ending business. Life-ending business is Woof. quite a way to refer to it. It was him. 1998. He should have gone into the capital backwards R industry. <laughs> uh, when, when when did Gross Point Blank come out? That was... It was right around then. Cause yeah, that, a lot those, of Hitman Oh, movies. that soundtrack is... Yes, it's very good. By the way... A lot of good soundtracks, but Bullworth didn't... The Bullworth soundtrack was a very good soundtrack. Because Bullworth had Ghetto Superstar. Ghetto yes. Superstar, yeah, yeah 100%. Which is a timeless... Timeless, yes. yes. Maya's Maya and ODB. Yeah. And not not even Maya, but Praz. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst Fuji. Yeah, he found he he came through, honestly. Uh, it's all together now in the hood. Fuck, that song is so good. Yeah. All right, should we start the episode? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I guess. Wait, oh, what are we doing? By the way, before we start this episode, I'd like to point out, I think it's really funny, um, on Twitter, one of our listeners was like, uh, had, had, the, had the comment, Hey, uh, I wish Eric would be a little bit more open-minded about like things from like 20 years ago. And I just want to say, buckle the fuck up, <laughs> because to know me is to know how much I hate things. I love to hate things, so it ain't gonna get better. Wow, wow, that is yeah. I'm I'm gonna come out In fighting. Fact- uh, little known, little known fact, uh, Eric and I's first for- foray into podcasting was an ill-fated project to just basically rip apart the Harry Potter, the beloved children's book, Harry Potter. Wait, but that wasn't, was that, that wasn't my idea to no, rip no, apart. No, no, that, that, yeah. that, that, yeah, that's we... the last thing that we were doing together was hating on that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it I was I, called I... hating on Harry. Uh, no. <laughs> I hated on <laughs> What was it actually things. called? Muggles on Muggles. <laughs> but like literally, um. It, it, it's exa- exactly zero episodes exist. <laughs> um, There's one fully edited episode, and then like 
or two maybe fully edited. There's one's there's like three in the can. Yeah, that three like recorded. Well, considering that we release every two weeks, but we've only been recording two episodes a month, we're gonna run out at some point. So at some point Special we might just episode. be releasing a Muggles on Muggles episode. I'm, I, I would like you, based on the fact on what you know about the production of our podcast now, I'd like you to guess who was in charge of editing the last podcast. Was it you, Eric? No, no. That's okay. why the oh, podcast okay. doesn't That's exist. That's why it didn't exist. Okay. This is the podcast. This I I am I am the the little children in the Snowpiercer engine of our podcast. True. It is true. Still haven't seen it. Oh, sorry. Don't bother. I just ruined anything. it for you. <laughs> okay, starting off. Everybody loves spoilers. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE twenty years later. Woo. Okay, and tonight we're going for Greensboro, North Carolina, for the Unforgiven In Your House podcast. When did the house disappear? Wait, Unforgiven In Your House podcast? You mean pay-per-view? Pay-per-view. This is yes. the last, or I feel the like, that they even mention In Your House with it. This is like they're no, just... No, next one, Over the Edge is In Your House also. Over, they're they're dropping got a few soon. more, but it, it's pretty soon. But, like, the actual house set, I don't remember marking when that disappeared. Hmm... I wonder if it was the one before WrestleMania, whatever that was. No, because it, it's weird because in the pay-per-view, in this pay-per-view, at one point they mentioned that they're like, they're going back. He's going back to that. Oh, he meant the house, like the, yeah. the actual house. Oh, so I, I thought they meant the house set. There's a general feeling that they're like, they're just cooling on the in your house concept at this time. There is like a, an effort to stop that and just brand them as thematic events. So they feel bigger because like the idea, which was not incorrect, was that you have these four big pay-per-views and then in your house are kind of less than. Yeah. So making them all feel like a standalone event was an intentional decision for this. Even though the product may be less than. Um, I don't, at this point, I don't think it is. No, I mean, well, you know, like this pay-per-view... We're gonna well, we'll get into the details, but I mean, there are some huge. I yes. mean, like this is. I remember this. I'm getting chills thinking about this time in wrestling because, like, this I feel like is as mark. This is the peak mark in me. Was the Raw after WrestleMania? Like that is like the, I've never been more like marked out before in my life. Hmm. So like this is like peak wrestling for me right now. Like as a child, I don't think I've loved wrestling more than like what we're watching now. And I, I agree, this pay per view is bad, and we're gonna go match by match to talk about why, but. Right now, everything is firing on full cylinders. We have a full Stone Cold Steve Austin being full Stone Cold. We have full DX being DX. We have The Rock coming out as The Rock. We have Mick Foley. We have, like, so many superstars. Undertaker and Kane doing crazy shit. We have Sable taking our clothes off. Like, everything yeah. about the attitude is firing on all cylinders now. And that is very cool. Does that mean that uh, 2000 is great? No. Um, <laughs> does that mean that I want to see more from NWA tag teams? Absolutely not. But... Uh, there is some really exciting stuff around this time, even if this pay-per-view is so fucking weird in so many ways. I think Bobby just covered the podcast, the episode. <laughs> I think we're done. Let's get some fucking dinner. Okay, so just remember, it takes all kinds of children in the Snowpiercer engine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was Bobby at eight times speed. He went through an hour and a half of material. Um, i also like to point out that Unforgiven in your house is also what happens when you leave an upper decker in someone's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you dummy <laughs> Ooh, that guy's unforgiven in my house what about this opener oh Amazing. my god this opener reminded me of that review we have on itunes that we can't figure <laughs> yes. out who left a review that compared our po- we, we, it was your husband no, no it absolutely it was wasn't it was a hundred percent your husband it was Aaron. It was not Nathan. He doesn't listen to the podcast we were he didn't rate it we were out in red hook 
I was giving him shit for not writing a review. He went on his phone, he wrote the review, and then I went on, and then I read the review right in front of him. Really? I it does Why, not. What made him? What made him go with like Dante? I don't know. I was putting him on the spot. It's what he came up with. It was great. Oh, I really thought it was Connell because I feel like that's like a. It real does Connell feel like a very thing. Connell thing. But Connell Connell doesn't thing. have an iPhone, so he wouldn't be using Apple Podcasts. Oh, interesting. I thought when I. I thought I like I wrote to Connell and was like, "Hey, was that you who left that review?" And I think he said, "Oh, how'd you know?" But I'm not. Maybe, I'm not maybe sure. he left a different review on like, uh, yeah. the internet. This one was just like it good, <laughs> just um, on Twitter. Anyway, so the first of all, yeah, the Dante quotes. They just I was like, "Oh, they'll have a Dante quote, or they'll have they'll have all, all the Dante all quotes. of the con- all of the contos." And that, and that they listed out the can. Is it Canto? I, I would say Canto. I mean, Canto probably in English, but like I, I would say Canto probably as a uh, the Canto. Hey, it's a the Canto. We're from the Canto. I'm a the Canto. It's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that especially that last one where it says the language of fire. I'm like, this is really good. This is a great way to open. Freddie Blassie. Um, I think there was some Freddie Blassie in there. I couldn't. I couldn't clock it totally. No, it was Dante Alighieri. <laughs> it was Dante himself. I Undertaker has raised him from the grave. I loved it, but then you go right from that to like the. <laughs> and you're like, what? 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 No, my favorite what? is they they go through all of these like the Dante quotes and they're like ten five three two one presents <laughs> like come on. And then, but before the match even starts, we're warned that Vince McMahon is going to come down with a punishment of catastrophic proportions. I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, like, they really set it up, and I'm going to have to ask you at some point in the pay-per-view what the punishment of catastrophic proportions was, because I still don't know. I don't think it ever really happened. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, you should see the Christmas present I got you guys. Uh... <laughs> It's in uh, my car at my parents' house. <laughs> First, we had the Nation of Domination versus Farouk, Shamrock, and Steve Blackman. Can someone explain this match to me? Because here's what I'm confused about. Was everyone in this match? Why was Kama Mustafa like not on the apron? Kama for all was of the not match? in the match. So it was a three-on-two match. No, it was a three-on-three. Six-man six match. Six-man tag. Okay, so then why wasn't Kama? Like they had they on had, the apron. The they Rock, had the Rock, D'Lo. Oh, and Mark Henry. And Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Oh, okay. Remember earlier when I said I'm bad at math? <laughs> wow. Well, it took both Kelly me and Aaron sucks. together to beat you on that one or to, to help you with that the one. The whole time I was like, is he in this match? And I kept like looking and I'm like, why is he not on the apron? No, Kama is not in the match, but no, Kama is wearing three. a very stylish hat. He is. And a vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his his look got a lot better. So what you here's what you missed on Glee, uh, Eric. Uh, since WrestleMania, Farouk and The Rock con- continued. Here's, to, here's what? what we missed on Glee. Oh, is that the way Glee used to yeah, start out? Every Glee episode started with, and here's uh, or it would end the recap of last week on Glee, but it would do it all really fast, and then at the end they would go, and that's what you missed on Glee, and oh, they would start. Sorry, okay. I didn't realize that you were going it, bad allies bad over here. That was a allies. stylistic choice. Sorry. Bad allies. I was like. I think Bobby doesn't know which which podcast we're doing. Bad allies. Also, when we do open up Patreon with or start selling merch, one of them will be an enamel pin of a rainbow flag that says "Bad Ally" in big Lisa Frank bubble letters. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, I, we're we're coming up. Look, it's we're we're getting towards the end of the year. We're gonna start coming up with some stuff. end of the fiscal year. We got to get some things in the books. Really up our numbers. <laughs> um, no. So what's happened in the intervening weeks since WrestleMania? Uh, and Aaron, I don't know if you want to 
jump in or tag team this or whatever. Go ahead. And I'll I'll jump if I need. The long story short is The Rock and Farouk's tensions continue to rise. Farouk gets kicked out of the nation. Rock assumes leadership. He's in charge now. And he kind of like tells her, but like, do your own thing. Like, I want you guys to feel empowered to like, we're not, you know, you're not following me. You guys should be unleashed. And that's also why Kama changes up his look. They're not all doing like the, the salute all in uh, like unison, unison anymore. Yeah. It's he's like breaking that up and like encouraging them all to more to like push their true selves. I want you to like find yourselves, guys. Yeah. I want you to like, what, who is Kama? Mustafa? Get in a sweat lodge, pop in a yoni egg, think on it. <laughs> This is great. I like I like that he you know what a good manager empowers their reports. I agree. We also got a finally the people's champ has come back to Syracuse in the intervening Raws. So we're getting to some of the Rock's biggest mannerisms. Yeah, he's not peak rock yet, but he is on he's he but he's the rock at least now, and not Rocky Maivia anymore. He's fully completed the transmission of the character, but he still is gonna the best is still yet to come. Hmm. I noticed that Farouk made Steve Blackman and uh, and Ken Shamrock do the fist. Yeah, that was a, a weird choice. And he's still wearing his Nation of Domination gear, which felt weird. Well, D'Lo called it out. He's like, "Hey, we're both wearing hey, hey, <laughs> twinsies." Uh, yeah. This fucking match was boring as hell for a lot of reasons. First of all, uh, Steve Blackman's is it Blackman or Blackman? Yes. Cafe. Okay. Uh, Steve Blackman's uh, moveset sucks. He is not fun to watch doing those kicks. Back in... Now, this is right around the time when I started getting back into wrestling. And I remember thinking that Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock were, like, interchangeable. Like, they were the same level, the same tier of superstar. Ooh. Very similar moves. And I'm Obviously, yeah. I was very, very wrong. But for me, for years, the two of them were kind of on the same level, the same plateau with me. I think there's more... Uh, Blackman comes up a bit. I, I think when we get through both of their full careers and look back in retrospect, that might be closer to right. But that certainly isn't accurate for what we're looking at right now. But I do think if you look overall in hindsight, that may not be as far off as it feels wow. for what we're watching right now. It feels very, very far off right now. I mean, because right now, like... I mean, Ken Shamrock went against uh, HBK. I was just listening to the episode that we released. Went against HBK and kind of like went the distance. They like he won uh, by disqualification. So like, I'm really surprised they didn't put the title on him when they had the chance. I mean, I understand like why with all the story reasons, but it's like he was over, you know. And uh, yeah, and I don't know if he ever gets that over again. And Steve Blackman, I don't know. Does he? He doesn't seem like he's over with the crowd. Oh, no, I don't. But because he has no personality. Yeah. He's... In, in the Raws leading up, his thing was he comes to the ring with some kind of um, karate equipment, like uh, sticks or nunchucks or something. A black light shines on him, and the, the karate gear glows in the dark as he twirls them around. Oh, so he's like a rave kid. <laughs> he's like a karate raver. I know. Raver. I know. I know. Oh, and I already got my ha- Halloween costume for this year. Uh, okay. Um, I have a big question, which is, did Sh- Ken Shamrock not wrestle? He wrestled a little bit. He's injured in this match. He's injured not in the match. He's working the match injured previously. But I don't remember him ever getting tagged into this match. Same. Ken Shamrock. Yes. Yeah, because he's injured. And okay. So like, that's why he's not carrying any any, like... They're keeping him out of the ring on purpose. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. He's injured. But what a dumb choice. <laughs> like, you could just, like, have you, like, why would you have a three-man tag team? Because what if you had to watch Farouk, Steve Blackman, and Bradshaw come <laughs> just about to say Bradshaw. <laughs> That's why. So they're like, you know what? We would rather have well, no, Ken, a guy who doesn't even wrestle. But Ken Shamrock has history with The Rock. Long, long yeah. months long history. Well, that's why. That's why like, we got to force it with him because he's got this and he's the biggest, he's the most over person not named The Rock out of the seven men on the screen. No, I, I get it. It's just so, such an interesting yeah, to be the move to be like, okay, hey, we're going to bring in this guy who's going to just like look. But also keep in mind, Brett's gone. Shawn Michaels is out Yeah, for the next Four years. So Shawn Michaels is, by all intents and purposes, gone. <laughs> so I mean, like, they're going to take star power wherever they can find it. So I'm not surprised they were like, yeah, you can heal up that ankle on the fucking apron, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what a, interesting. Okay. Um, Is there a more unfortunate looking referee than Jimmy Corderas? Oh, Jimmy Corderas. I, like, I've seen, I look at pictures of him now, and he figured out his look. But back then, like the the wisps at the front of the, it just it wasn't cute. Yeah, he kind of had like a it's 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 almost like there's like a friar tuck element. But he's got such like a sad sack kind of face too at yeah. the same time. And again, he's got some facial hair now. He's look, I'd love to see him after a week with the queer eye guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Checking out Jim Corderas uh, right now. He looks a like in his younger pictures. He looks like he got like um, implants. Yeah, like hair plugs. Hair plugs, and he also with the with the um, facial hair, he looks a little bit like the um, like the Bagel Boss guy. He does. And one other thing, I just clocked in here. Jr. can't not talk about college football if there's a former college football player in the ring. Every single time. This is true. It all it all completely like wash completely washes over me as if not it, it means nothing. It makes sense though because like isn't he an Oklahoma boy? A big time, right? So I feel like I feel like when this is a an untested hypothesis, but I feel like when you're from a state that doesn't have like a professional sports team, uh, you 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 talk a lot of college. Yeah, I got a lot of family in uh, Connecticut that are big UConn fans. I mean, everyone in Alabama has their team down there. Oh my God! Everybody roll has tide? to say no. everyone has to say "roll tide" or else you're actually publicly executed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I think the when would be ending this match? Yeah, yeah. Talk about the ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, the real story being told in this is really about Farouk and The Rock. Uh, so they get in there. Farouk gives The Rock one of the worst looking dominators I've ever seen, mm-hmm. uh, where it looks almost like The Rock is like doing a handstand like catching himself but it was just like a really it was if you watch it back it's a pretty it, it's a, a, almost a pretty big scary botch um, but it gets the win after the match the uh, they interview Farouk like live in the ring interview and Farouk says like this isn't over it's just the beginning kind of thing blah 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 so this isn't really the blow off of the feud this is not designed to be the blow off the feud that I think a lot of us are hoping it is but I really like the story of this to, like this rivalry too where uh, because Farouk still sets himself up as the believer the one who believes in his cause the one who's really I mean because again this is about furthering African Americans in this business and Rock is just about himself and I think that that's there's a lot to sink your teeth into with that when done right oh totally but not not in these hands no. yeah, <laughs> yeah not in these hands get that, these hands that was a very that was a very thoughtful analysis of something that at this point, just like kind of looked like I wanted to be the leader. Now you're the leader. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I wish they kind of applied to that, but I also definitely don't wish they tried. <laughs> oh, God, right. But the big pop for Farouk here was great. Um, he's a star in the making himself, so. I mean, and at this, he's a, he's a made man at this point. He's already a star. He was the first uh, African-American champ in WCW. He's, which I think is the first one world champ in any organization, but the WCW did it first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really came in and he, you know, he helped create The Rock. Like, literally, like, backstage. Like, help, oh, really? help work with him and, like, mentored That's awesome. Dwayne. <laughs> and helped him kind of create this character. And so, uh, working with him. I wish he cool would go back to his Gladiator <laughs> Also, I had heard that he had only, when he first came back Gladiator style, he had only um, thought he was going to be around for, like, two years. And then oh. he was done. He was like, I, I can like, ride this space like Gladiator years. out. But he ended up... He sticks around for many, 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 Long many time. years. I mean, oh. he's technically still pops up. At a <laughs> <laughs> says damn and goes away. Then we had a very early glass shatter. Um, I really, really love the fact that Stone Cold came in here early. You usually, you don't see the main event guys, un- except for maybe a backstage segment until later on in the night. So I thought this was really cool. Yeah. Um, I needed a little bit of background on Bellgate. Like, screw job. So he was just saying, like, don't fuck me over yes. the way you did. So they're, they're, the whole, they're building the whole thing is that they're trying to make you think that Vince is going to pull on Austin what he pulled sure. on Brett. Because the intervening weeks on Raw have been dedicated to this idea that Stone Cold will not be the, the kiss baby, shake hand, wear a suit uh, corporate champion. That right. Vince and we'll talk about be. that in the... Yeah. In the... We'll be at, Later, when we get to the main event. But, so yeah. in okay. retaliation, they're dropping these little hints, and Vince is purposely conjuring up images of the Montreal screw job to make everyone really nervous that at the end of this night, he's going to have Mark Eaton, our timekeeper, ring the bell as soon as Austin's put in a submission and take the belt from him just like he did with Brett. Holy shit, was Stone Cold like menacing to that timekeeper? I have chills, because also, how fucking smart. And also, like, this is what it comes down to, and Joe talked, Joe Stan, listener in the pod, Talked about this a lot. I think we all talked about this in our group text. Like, when we see bad writing on WWE, we're like, but what is the, like, and I'll suspend my disbelief. I'll follow your logic, but tell me what your logic is. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm asking. And this is really good logic. This is a really smart way for Austin to, like, spy versus spy here with McMahon. And it, it, it just, it's just so smart. Like, he's like, yeah, okay, well, you can't fuck me over by forcing the, them to announce that I tapped and ring the bell if the, bell ringer isn't in on it or whatever the timekeeper's not in on it right if, if, if i threaten his life exactly like this guy's too scared to be this this fucking little mustache i'm gonna tell this guy <laughs> stone cold's also wearing i think my least favorite stone cold shirt at this point i yeah, also hate like show good. up raise hell leave is that like a different one i want this say? was uh, say hell yeah or this was want to raise some hell was yeah. on the front and on the back it's got the smiling skull with sc on the forehead yeah. that always makes me think of charles manson i can see that okay sure um there's a lot of his honestly a lot of his shirts i'm like not that into Hon- it doesn't it's, matter they're, they're too worried it's, it's printing money hand over fest i mean right. they the, the wwf at this point is making so much money off merchandise yeah it's unbelievable and we'll talk about it affects actually some talent stuff later on and we may get in a little hairy like uh contract talk wrestling contract downside guarantee talk a little bit which is like wow wow um but you don't understand math but you know downside guarantees <laughs> i know wrestling bitch uh but the merchandise sales are so big and awesome stuff it's just you literally it's flying they're like 
put a fucking shirt that says, like, I don't know, hell whoop-ass damn, and put it out there. <laughs> but, I mean, even with, with some of the ones that I sh- feel like I should hate, like the one where his arms are two snakes. <laughs> Wait, did I miss that one? Yes. I don't, or had that happened already? I think it came out already. I don't think it came out already. I don't know. I don't know. It might be to come. It's... But it's literally awesome doing his, like, pose, except instead of his arms being arms, they're just two fully fucking full snakes. <laughs> just, he's like, two he's like, photorealistic like snakes. Like, Thulsa fucking Doom from Conan. Did they, did they just, like, do a sweat lodge with some artists and just be like, <laughs> guys, give me no, no bad ideas? No, but but the, that's the thing. There is no bad idea. Like, the SCU class of... Uh, 316 yeah, shirt. Yeah, I didn't even like, fucking get that shit. Cr- I like it. I like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. First of all, Agreed. Stone Cold University should be free. <laughs> we shouldn't. We should forgive all student debt for Stone Cold University. Well, for, uh, honestly, we wouldn't have to if all these celebrities would stop falsifying their entries for their kids into Stone <laughs> right. Cold University. Well, first of all, like, you think if we give free entry to Stone Cold University, you think all the rich people are going to send their kids for free? No, they're going to send them to the the even more elite Stone Cold University, well, Stone Cold Graduate School. All I'm saying is that Mark on Roseanne didn't have to say that his daughter played lacrosse to get into Stone Cold University. <laughs> So we had a continuation of a match from last month, Owen Hart versus Triple H, once again for the European Championship, this time with China suspended in a cage. A lot to deal with here. Uh, first of all, uh, new, new Age Outlaws are now part of DX, DX. which was a, a thing that so happened in the break. Let's pause you. This is very important. Yeah. So the night after WrestleMania. So Shawn Michaels is gone. Now, Shawn Michaels wrestled his last match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Triple H comes out and he's like, when you're looking to build, I'm looking to build the DX army. Did, did they? What did they announce with Sean? Did they announce that he? He's just not. Well, just, and, and Triple H is is like basically he couldn't cut it. Yeah. Um, like throws him under the bus, it, yeah. which I think was pretty smart for them Me to too. do. He's like, we I, we need an army. And we look for an army. Look for blood. Look for family. Look for the click. And then he introduces Sean Waltman, aka X Pac, aka Six, aka the One Two Three Kid, who was okay. Let me. I see uh, just audience listeners. I see Eric's face that I'm responding to, which is like mouth agape, eyes wide open, like very confused. So first, Sean, you remember the one, two, three kid? No, oh, okay. Let's, I never saw. So him. let's go back. Sean to that. Sean Waltman is his name. Okay, is the, is the actual guy's name? He was part of the clique that did the curtain call originally at Madison that got everybody in trouble in the first yeah, place yeah, with, yeah. with Diesel and Razor Ramon. So it was Sean Michaels, Triple H, Diesel, Razor Ramon, and the one, two, three kid, Sean Waltman. Who was a younger guy? He was a cruiserweight. He was much more lucha style wrestler. He so w- remember watching wrestling back in the day? It would always be like Hulk Hogan versus Tom Sterling yes. from like right down the street, the and, and so we know that it was going to be. And and even to today, they've got local enhancement talent that comes in. It was Razor Ramon versus the Kid, and so everyone thought, oh well, obviously Razor. Well, I think s- actually he was going by the Lightning Kid at that point, maybe. I think it was just the kid, but I'm not sure. Uh, and so everyone thinks, oh, this is going to be a squash. He comes in, he beats Razor Ramon, and everyone... It was a real he oh shit it. moment. And they, they all, actually, this is something WWE does very infrequently. Um, and I think like this is one of the most famous ones. That, that it's this huge upset win, and that's he became known as the 1-2-3 kid. That's uh, really cool. And so he was sort of this like, cruiserweight and whatever. And so he left for WCW... Same thing, Hall and Ash joined the NWO, went by the name Six, one plus two plus three, um, but S-Y-X-X. Uh, but it was oh, Six Pack, wasn't it? Six Pack. 
Or yeah, six pack, six pack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was one by six colloquially. Uh, and then, so he was in WCW. Uh, th- things went sour. He got a neck injury at WCW. While he was recovering at home, he got fired by F- Eric Bischoff via FedEx. Uh, ah. And was like, fuck you guys. I'm going back to the WWE. F them. So he comes back and he, uh, they put he, him with Triple H. And yeah. so Triple H comes out and he's like, you look to the click and he brings out Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman does this great shoot promo on WCW and Eric Bischoff. It's fine. How he sucks. I think it's pretty good. Mm. He sucks. Don't stop too short. Eric Bischoff will be so far up your ass. He'll taste we have for breakfast. Like all this stuff. And basically intimating that Holland, Nash, Diesel, and Razor Ramon would be back here also if they could, if they weren't like locked down. That was great. That was very so, good. Like fucking torching the place, basically. That and that was that was the Monday recently. after WrestleMania. Okay, so the first Raw between them had it. this. So that's earlier in the night. Later in the night, the New Age Outlaws are having a steel cage match with Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. The thing that they said was that at WrestleMania they didn't put them in the regulation dumpster, so they needed to have another match, a steel cage match, in order to that determine who was. In order to determine who was the undisputed tag team champions at that point. It sure. was really hard last episode because I, I knew that already and I was like, shit, but they don't actually tell us that till the next night on Raw, so I can't say anything. Because you I feel you your did. pain. One of you asked. You were like, but is that the same? Any dumpster? And I was like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> But yeah, so they declared that void and so they were still the champions. Uh, but then X-Pac, Triple H, China interfered. They all beat up. Chainsaw Charlie, Cactus Jack, and basically the closing shot of that night, I can see it in my mind's eye when I close my eyes, is like the four of them, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, Road Dogg, and Triple H, like on the corners of the cage, like all like doing the X, mm, China cool. in the middle. It was fucking, I just remember watching it and being like, I, marking out the most ever. Being like, that was the, it was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. And it's a real turning point as far as DX goes. Yeah. And, and a bit of, and a move past the like, I'm going to pick my nose and flick my boogers on you yeah. kind of. Hey, I wonder, I wonder what happened to change that. <laughs> what, what personnel, what, what, what type of personnel change did they have where suddenly they didn't decide to be sophomoric and immature? But there are people, there are a lot of people who talk about DX and they are only talking about from this point on. They don't even like think about Shawn Michaels at all. Right. So like this is this is a really huge change. So that's why all these people are back involved now. That's why so the outlaws are there. This is what an X Pac is part of DX. DX is now a five person stable. Okay. Okay. Uh cool. Mm-hmm. And so you've kind of talked uh disparagingly about X Pac. In, I feel like in, in previous episodes, or the way you kind of talk, not you never actually said anything, but you were like, "Oh, an X Pac," and I was always like, "So I, when he came in, I was not necessarily excited for him." I'm not sure what I was referring to. I just know that X Pac is great. I loved X Pac as a character. I think um, it's a, such a. I feel like the word X Pac feels so stupid coming out of my mouth. Um, it's a dumb name. <laughs> it's a very dumb name. It's very dumb, uh, and. He had a, a. I'm trying to remember the context we were talking about him in because his later life is very messy. Yeah, he he and China's relationship is. They, um, it, it was a lot of like drugs and abuse, and it was like. He, oh, did they date? Yeah, yeah, he had a real dark. I actually think he's the one in the China's first porno, like One Night in China. Yes, I think is he's him. also. Um, oh, that's her. That's him. Yeah. When when China was on the surreal life. Yeah, I remember him like coming showing in, up. like showing up drunken and like. Yeah, he had it's, so it's gross. Depending, on, I don't know the context we were talking about in earlier episodes, but it, it was probably like that. Gotcha. But X Pac had his prime and 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 six and even one two three kid. Like I always liked the cruiserweights. I liked the little guys. 
um, that like do like fun kicks and flip like kicks and flips. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really liked X Pac, especially during like this period. Um, Did and people were like all in for for him joining. Oh hell yeah, he was over. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was over as hell. And DX is now in that that tweener zone where like in between face and heels. Sure. As you could, I'm sure see, there were so many people enthusiastically telling everyone and everything to suck it throughout this entire pay-per-view. Suck this. Suck that. <laughs> and you're going to suck it. And you're going to suck it. Uh, so you want, you want to talk about the actual mechanics of the match? Uh, first, I want to talk about um, Owen, like, not, like, mic'd from the side and him talking at the beginning of the match where he says, that European belt means too much to me. I can't jeopardize another loss. He has not taken any improv classes. <laughs> the, the heart, I feel like Stu Hart's dungeon doesn't, like, there's not a lot of focus on the text. I thought Stu, it, maybe Stu Hart's dungeon is actually the Triple Crown basement. <laughs> where there's, like, there's no fire exit, mm. and it's like everybody else in there is a, another wrestler who's going to cut a promo. You don't get a real audience. <laughs> It's a real inside NYC yeah. comedy uh, joke. But Owen comes out of this fierce as hell, and I fucking love it. We're, we're seeing an early uh, character transformation for Owen Hart here. Mm. And I think you saw that at the end of the match as well, the post-match promo as well. But um, Owen's trying to get a little edge here. Everyone's getting a little Everyone edgier. is trying to get edgier. The, the logo has gotten edgier. I think, is this our... No, uh, this, is, like this, this is our first one. So the, first pay per view with the scratch, right? So the, like the official WrestleMania sign had the old logo, yep. and now they're official. Like the the scratch logo is everywhere, and it's on the mics, it's on like other things. Yeah. But it was in the Attitude Era like promos. Yeah, we have yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah, it before, yeah. but now the company has adopted it as like its official branding. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, two quick uh, aside on that, I learned. One is the Scratch logo was inspired by Bruce Pritchard doodling over the logo in a meeting. This man saw it and was like, this is what we need. We need something like this. And they like, gave it to designers and they like... <laughs> this think, is hilarious. Did it. He sees it and goes, ah, it's some good shit right here. But wait, here's the, here's the best part. What do you think the red part underneath the logo is called? The upside down Nike swoosh. Uh, is it called something? The Pritchard. <laughs> it's, it's called... Because you know... Uh, and this is not a big thing. All companies do this. They like take things way too seriously, and like yeah, on their logo, they're like, "Oh, that's the uh, that's the beholden crest. It's in honor of our founder from 1904." And like, who fucking cares? But anyway, fun fact: if this is ever on Jeopardy, the scratchy WWE Attitude logo, the red mark underneath, is known as the scar. It's the scar. It's not the whoosh or the swoosh. Ha. It's the scar. And apparently, at this time, Vince McMahon had two huge decals of that red scar going down the his Cadillac Escalade like pickup truck. What a at, fucking at loser. Bruce Pritchard on his podcast says that it looked cool. I can't possibly imagine that's true. Well, yeah, when you work in that industry, yes, it probably looks really cool he to He calls you. it the scar and he would drive down the road playing Be Prepared by the Lion King. Right. First of all, you know he's driving down the road. You know what he's playing. No? Are you going to do a, a music cue? He's playing Sawyer Brown, obviously. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that later. Oh, we'll get to that garbage. We will get to but it. We'll get to that later. Uh, but um, I, think it's, I, th- I think it's very funny that like Bruce Pritchard's just like, fucking around, fucking around. And he's like, ah, we have gold. Like The more you learn about Vincent Man, the more you realize he's like an old-timey Hollywood cartoon. 
Yeah. Of just like, ah, what do we got? Kid, you got Moxie. Let's follow it. Like, it's like, I gotta give him showbiz pizzazz. Like, ah! What if like, Bruce Pritchard was just like really into like, drawing just huge dicks? Like, <laughs> what, what, like, is that how we got Bailey's Bailey buddies? Yeah, that's, that's how it happened. If you listen to Vince McMahon's autobiography on audio audiobook and you listen to The Kid Stays in the Picture on audiobook, they totally sync up like Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> and uh, The Wizard of Oz. Ha-ha! <laughs> Wait a minute. Was there a match happening? Oh, right. Okay, so... Well, it's a plot uh, through a lot of this. Uh, I, li- I like in the beginning when um, Triple H has to check out the cage like he's participating in a magic act. <laughs> like he's just <laughs> like... As you can see. No, oh, yes, let me, let me see these bars. Yes, yes, bars. They are very barry. Uh, they, appear to be, they appear to be good, sir. Ah, I'm, you, as you can see, I am exerting all of my strength to bend the bars, and nothing is... <laughs> I like that Bobby's doing a lot of, like, pantomiming <laughs> for just us. It's just for you guys. Um, I was looking down at my notes. I missed it all. It was just for you. But yeah, no, it, uh, it's, it's pretty fucking funny... That that like I don't I'm, like I'm not sure I get what he's checking out. Like, is he making sure it's safe? It's up to code. We've seen a lot of cage matches at this point, not in our rewatch, but like in our lives. Um, and I feel like this is one of the better ones we've seen. One of you the mean, least annoying. You most... mean somebody in the cage, not yeah, yeah. a cage match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a, a shark cage, someone suspended yeah. in a shark cage above or beside the ring. Um, I think this is actually the best one I can recall. They're all bad. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. Well, well every... we don't have um, we don't have Paul Bearer screaming. screaming the we don't have Enzo Amore doing some cartoon bullshit. Yeah. Like, uh, all shark cage matches are bad, and and here's why: because they distract from the action and the story happening in the ring every time yes. without fail. Well, it's edited terribly. They put way too much focus every time. They do too much like shenanigans with like cameras in the cage and fucking drone cam or whatever. Well, and like, I will say when China bent the bars, I was that like, was cool. oh That's, shit, China's bending those let's bars. Lay out the, let's yes. lay out the, 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 the match. So yeah. this I think is so much better because so much more, the stuff that was happening on that focus made more sense. Just like we were saying with Stone Cold, China's reacting in ways that make sense. And when that happened, I feel like it was... Well, before, in... we, before we get into it happening, because yeah. like, uh, they're... Probably are people who aren't going to watch it. So, um, they... no, everyone is going to watch this because we tell. All you know is there's a match happening. China's in the cage over the cage uh, over the ring. The cage for some reason is moved over the ramp. Uh, it's just kind of it's it kind of hung. Up, it's, right? it's, it's, it's up. Like, it's, it's up. It's, it's, it's just but it's up. It's not like in the middle of the ring like we're using. Not in the middle of the ring. It's it's up and outside the ring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like on the outside of the ring, which I think is also different than what we're used to. Yes. Uh, it goes on top, and throughout the match, obviously China is trying to escape. She bites the bars. She uses her superhuman strength and bends them. Wait. First, like she tries to get out. She pulls a saw. A nail file. I thought. Uh. Well, they said file. nail file, but then they're like, oh, I think it's a saw. I think it yeah. had teeth. But she pulls it out of her boot. She Smart. then pulled out a, a circular bomb with, <laughs> with a lit fuse. Right. They literally made a joke about like, oh, uh, she didn't even have to bake a cake for it. So she like pulls out this thing. She's working on it. And then she just drops it uh, by accident, I guess. And and then, as Bobby was saying, she bends the bars. And But like... But in the match, it's the match itself starts off with like all kinds of intensity, all kinds of fury, and then it is just a plod through the middle part of that match. Am Watching I wrong? China, basically. Yeah. No. I mean, like yeah. the thing is too. Also, what's good about it, I think, being outside the ring versus over the ring, is it's a further drop, and that's important in this because China pulls apart the bars, and for a while she's fucking hanging off of this cage and realizing, and not just like hanging, she's hanging upside down, she's swinging like. 
she is having a time, and uh, I was scared. It yeah. is there. She's higher out there than if she was just over the ring. Mm-hmm. So it's like right. it's taller, and so it's actually much better. Uh, but China was trying to get out of this cage, and of course, the uh, at one point, then Road Dog sneaks into the controls in the audience. They do a bad job shooting this and explaining this. They but, did. I was glad that they gave us that little shot of him walking shot. away at least because I was like, oh, it just lowers now? Yeah, it was very weird. The cage lowered back to the ground at one point, and it, it was revealed that Road Dog like, sneakily did it. Um, so, and meanwhile, while this is happening, and, and when you say the match is plotting, literally Triple H is doing submission holes mm-hmm. and just hug, bear hugging or, like, you know, has... Who's he even against? Owen. Everyone's has, hugging. Right. He has. He has, just has Owen in like an arm lock or something, and it's just like, or a, a, I guess a headlock using his arm, um, and it's just everything's boring, and we're just, you know, we're just watching China who find like she she sells it in that yeah. she doesn't bend the bars right away. She works on the bars for a while. Finally, she bends the bars, and you're like, like to a degree where you, you're like, maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe she's just trying to make it happen. She's just selling how strong the cage is, but then she opens it. My issue with it, and, and you know, and of course she's dangling, that she gets let down, she gets to drop, and then like, you know, the, the match kind of comes to a pretty abrupt closing. Um, but my issue with it, I, I found the, I thought it would have been really cool for her to like, I don't know, you know, obviously it's very hard to pull off from a swinging cage. But it would have been very cool if she had been able to, like, do some kind of, what is it, like a, a plancha or Oh, a yeah. I mean, like, if this was happening today or, like, no, no, no. If this was happening in 2002 and Jeff Hardy was involved, yes, like, that's what it would be. It would <laughs> yeah. be, like, a leap out of the a swanton from the cage onto the person yes. below. I just don't think anyone was doing that, and certainly not China, who is like not, who is so very green, talented, yeah. but not that, not, ain't that, that not that good uh, yet for yeah. sure. Um, so they're smartly playing to her strengths here. But the finish of the match, are we good for the finish? Yep. Okay. Yeah. The finish of the match, as we were mentioning, China's getting out. She gets out. She's hanging. Road Dog lowers the cage. This distracts the referee while the referee is distracted. X Pac hits Owen Hart with a fire extinguisher, drapes Triple H over him, so Triple H gets. The win. And China must have been so sad that she didn't get to punch somebody in the dick. Oh, man. That's her favorite thing. That's her favorite thing. I hope when they got home that night, Triple H is like, all right. <laughs> give me, just give me You can hit me in the dick. As he's tucking her into bed. Like, just like, <laughs> who's my little dick puncher? Uh, but post-match, Owen does a promo that yeah. this bullshit has to stop. It has to stop. <laughs> um, but this is previewing, obviously, a more intense, uh, edgier Owen Hart coming our way. And I think this is um, this is something that echoes throughout the, this entire night. The wrestling isn't great, but it's compelling. Yeah, this is the, that's how I feel. Well, well, okay. You know what? The next match might be an exception. <laughs> oh my god! The next god. match, actually, I do think the wrestling is good, but I don't think it's compelling at all. I... Also, did they did they cut stuff before the next thing? Because they they had a weird transition to the Jim Cornette part. I think it's just Jim Cornette's weird body makes everything weird. Okay. <laughs> everything, I mean, everybody feel weird. I don't think so. No. Uh, was was this well wrestled? I guess it must have been. I, Rock and Roll Express was. is good, right? So this, so so first off, it is the Rock and Roll Express versus the New Midnight Express. Let's clarify here. New Midnight Express. That would be, of course, Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart, your friends and mine. Bob Holly and Bart Gunn, uh, managed by Jim Cornette, versus the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Ricky Morton and Methuselah. <laughs> 
Which it, one is which? Doesn't it's matter. up to it, you. It's really honestly both. They're both. They're both both. This it's, is like this is like the uh, who's going to get to the stadium first, except they're both trains? <laughs> I don't know. No, except they're both horses? It <laughs> <laughs> was bad. I mean, like, that thing is like, oh, what a shit soup. It's like, you look in the ring, you're like, not a star in the bunch, man. Not there a... was a time when the Rock and Roll Express was cool, and now they're wearing airbrushed leather jackets. It's so bad. I can't imagine a time when they were... I think even when everything about them was cool, they somehow still were not. <laughs> I mean, were, are they considered, like, one of the best tag teams ever? No, they're Hall of Famers because they've been around for a long time. Oh. I, and they some... haven't sued anyone. <laughs> for some reason, I just... I, I thought that, like... I thought that they were like always con- like who who's considered like the you know the old historic best you know best tag teams demolition. Well, but you also think like really old school, like the Briscoe Brothers. I mean, like okay, you really want to right. go the Freebirds. Um, oh, Freebirds. Free okay. Uh, what's the other that family that never they all died? The Von Erics. The Von Erics. Okay, I must have been thinking uh, of the fabulous Freebirds instead of the. But these are people I don't, I don't know, and like that's all wrestling history that I know nothing yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I, I know only things I've gleaned from like present day Hall of Fame ceremonies. Yeah, my, my comment on this was, what is this shit? I'll say this. I had fun. I enjoyed I thought, it. I thought it was fun. I loved the ref's enthusiastic pointing. I loved when Jim Cornette got in the ring. Like, I rolled uh, my Jim ass at Cornette. first, and I'm like, um, you know what? No, this is a fun throwback to the way that wrestling used to be, and I'm okay with that for, like, 15, 20 minutes. It's gonna get real old real quick if it keeps on going. So I just wish there was a little bit more star power. I just wish there was a little bit more charisma somewhere in this match. Like sure. on, on the four wrestlers, I thought the ref. So a big part of this uh, match was an ongoing conflict between Jim Cornette and the ref. At one point, Jim Cornette like tries to like uh, raise his hands to kind of like be like, "Come on, let's like put like up your dukes. Irish boxing. Like put up your dukes." And uh, the. Then the ref does, and Jim Cornette immediately backs down. It's very <laughs> funny. Um, but Bob Holly and Bart Gunn, I mean, like, Bob Holly... Bob Holly can go, and I can't wait He until, becomes a, a, yeah. a big, important person, but he's he his whole thing is that he is, like, a no-fucking-bullshit, legitimate tough guy. Um, and Bart Gunn sucks. And so and Bart Gunn's kind of the same thing, too. Bart Gunn sucks. Bart Gunn sucks. But yes, yes, but... I don't know. I, I Honestly, don't, I think you're projecting a personality on him. No, I don't think I'm he not. has any. I'm not. I'm not. From Be- what? Are you thinking of the one thing you're yeah, thinking I'm of? Yeah, I'm thinking of the one thing. Which was a freak accident. You know what I mean? Is no, was something luck. coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was that, that, what you're thinking of was luck. Like, I think that was like a freak accident. I don't think I, so. I think he's, he's no, no way. No, no, no. Okay, we'll okay, get there okay. when we get there. All right, right, right. But anyway, this match is just sort of, but it just feels ridiculous and honestly insignificant in the like, yeah, scheme of things. It, it's on a pay per view. Why did it, how did this it This NWA shit sucks. Oh, because we're in a brand new day. That's what, the, the thing is like clean slate right now, man. I mean, Shawn Michaels is gone. They have a whole new company. As far as they're concerned, it's a new company. I mean, as this new is logo. happening, um, JR and King are both talking about JR's mom, but like in a friendly banter kind of way. Oh, so how's your mom? Oh, by the way, did you ever get that Cadillac? <laughs> we oh, skipped, uh, speaking of Lawler, there was a, there was a Lawler comment. Did you hear it? Uh, it was in the Triple H one where he goes, uh, you know what that means? Yeah, you know what that means, don't you? I think it was like when they were doing like the, I think it was like Suck It. <laughs> they were like doing Suck It and he's like, you know what that means, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, it means to suck it. Means it suck that dick. Yeah, like, suck that dick. What, how hard is this for you, fucking Jerry Lawler? I don't think we even need to go over the ending of this no, match. I, I, honestly, I we can just move on. 
don't even remember. I think oh, uh, Midnight Express one. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Thanks for the recap, Eric. Thanks. We got Doc Hendricks back. Yay! And he is back doing, I think, a great promo with Luna Vachon. I, I just want to know what is Luna's voice like in I don't real care. life, and I don't think. Well, no, I'm just saying I don't think we've ever heard it, have we? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think we've heard we ever would. Zizek, Zizek believes that our masks are our real personas and that, you know, really, that is the real Luna Vachon, so. I will okay. say, I think one of the biggest injustices in WWE, besides their dealings of China, which they've tried, which they lately have been fixing a little bit, Luna Vachon was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame as, like, one of the extra people. Do you know how they do, like, sometimes, like, here's the class, and then also, like, here's people who worked, like, behind the scenes you don't really know that we're, like, inducting on a separate day. Uh-huh. She was one of those. Yeah. That's bullshit. No. She should be inducted and given a speech and shown her fucking picture and give somebody 45 minutes to tell a speech, to give a speech about her. Mm-hmm. She was, like, such a big part of the industry and a trailblazer as a woman and a third-generation superstar and, like... I, it 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 was last year, and it's just crazy that they just like swept it under the rug, and they're like, she oh, third also, or second? I think she's third generation. Oh, uh, you, in an earlier episode, you said second. I've heard them say both, so I'm not. Let me check. Uh, now I'm not. Now I'm questioning it. Now I don't know. By the way, uh, she sounds like Rita Repulsa. She does. Mm-hmm. Now my monster will grow, grow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not as gargly. <laughs> Um, but I like this base. Okay, so also what we're talking. This is the promo promoting a, what's going to be an evening gown match between oh Sable and Luna, which means that uh, to win the match, you have to strip your opponent of their evening gown down to their bra. And sorry, Jr. I'm going to say it, panties. Well, as you know, as as the king said, panties are not the best thing in the world, but they are next to it. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's good. Jerry Lawler would have called this an awooga match. <laughs> Jerry Lawler literally turns into a cartoon wolf partway yes, through this match. Yes. You have, if you think, I mean, like, Jerry, I know. When it comes to Jerry Lawler and women's bodies, I don't, I, even watching it as a child before Me Too was like, that's not okay. So I am dreading some of this stuff. Um, and this is, and considering this is the beginning where you're, first of all, okay. Let's just start. let's slow down. Let's start with the promo. Okay. Um, Luna gives I think a great unhinged promo. Yeah. Where where she's like, I'm gonna strip you and show everyone your grotesque body, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is so fucking funny. To, that that to me is so funny. Well, in Luna Vachon logic, yes, yes, that body is yes. not as good looking as yes. her body. Yes. It's which it's it you have drawn sense. on zero veins. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's it's what a perfect. It's almost like thing. a biomech tattoo <laughs> on her on the side of her head. Oh man! It's like when Tony Stark in uh, Iron Man Two is getting the thing replaced. And, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, and his yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I love her. I love uh, I loved this promo. Um, I did not love this match. And I'll tell you, first thing to start off, why? You're going to have an evening gown match. What the fuck are they wearing? <laughs> oh, neither of them are wearing oh. even, neither of them are wearing gowns for evening or any other time of day. Luna Vachon raided Stevie Nicks' wardrobe what? to, she was the gypsy. First of all, okay, Sable, Sable is one of the most beautiful people. Like, like, there is an air of elegance to her. She's at her, and she's at her absolute hottest. Yeah. Okay, and she comes out dressed like um, 
it would almost be like imagine if like okay you know what it was you know what it was in True Lies, when Jamie Lee Curtis shows up to, um, what is even True Lies? I like, I really like that movie. Literally, the same. He all he does is reference the same it's scene true lies. over and over. When she shows up to do the sexy dance for Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> she shows up in that one dress, and then she rips off all the pieces, and then it's the sexy dress. It is definitely a dress that that like like hot cops wear. First of all, like... this dress looked like something Mosh and Thrasher, the headbangers, would wear. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It made no fucking sense. It's also not a not a gown. Hate to be hate to be the gay in the room. <laughs> not a gown. You know who would have showed up in a fucking gown and owned it? Uh, Brian Pillman. Fucking... <laughs> ah, well done. He won't wear a stupid Marlena. dress. Marlena. Marlena would have fucking yeah, nailed that. That's a fucking gown. This... Sorry, I'm screwed. By by the way. Um, Quick correction, Marlena Dietrich did not uh, create Wi-Fi or the internet. It was actually um, Hedy Lamar. Yeah. So. Thanks, Drunk History. <laughs> but I, uh, uh, these match, this match is garbage. I also think Sable has an injured foot in during this match, which also limits some of the wrestling. But also, the strength of their WrestleMania match they just had, which yeah. was objectively a good match. Yeah. Um, it was so rehearsed and so like move by move planned perfectly to same way they did with Ronda Rousey's mixed like to plan it to hide their weaknesses and maximize their strengths. And this did not do Sable favors in that way, um, but she still looked great. And even she I, as, great, a like, homo- as a six on the Kinsey scale, I'm like, holy shit, you are gorgeous. Yeah, she was hot. Yeah, she was hot. Uh, it was it. She was very hot. It was a real trash match. It just felt yeah. real trash. It's, like it was just like what. Oh, and then, of course, like, uh, so they, you know, Luna wins by stripping. First of all, we get, we get, like, um, we get to see the panties. Uh, we get to see um, Sable's panties first. And Sable has no tan lines, according to them, even though she's clearly wearing stockings. Yes. Oh, I hate, like, um, Also, why is she wearing, like, a lilac colored underwear? It just seems, like, out of no, character. It's like, why would sense. it not be black? Why would you not wear, like, a black lacy? Yeah. The exact same thing it wearing. It also black. looked like a like a real like it looked like an army grade bra that she was wearing. No, it was like, it was all they were both like lilacy purple. They were like it was like a purpley gray. No, I know, but I mean like in terms of like how strong it. Well, looked. it needs to be strong. Yeah, man, she. I, I was actually you know whoever. Um, I just want to say great work, whoever did that work. You did some great work because <laughs> when she was living that sable bomb, and I was like, things are looking very natural mm-hmm. and moving around, and as they, yeah. as the the good lord intended, it did great. And I'm gonna do my very best not to get too swampy in this. Did she desize she did. at some point? Okay, she because did. I'm thinking about the Playboy shoot, and it's a, a very different look than what I'm seeing. She went up and down. They all did. Yeah, went up and down. All like the divas that. All the divas. I mean, up until very recently, um, every woman on WWE had breast implants. Like, to to the point of, like, goofiness. But it's, like, standardized. And I remember, like, even... Because, you know, as you guys know, I always love the female superstars. That's always, like, one of my favorite parts of the show. And so I always pay very close attention. And so I don't feel like it's so obvious when a new person would get signed to WWE or be at the Performance Center or at Ohio Valley, which is what kind of, like, became NXT in a way. Was sort of like their own like um, what's it called? Developmentally. Developmentally, yeah, yeah. yeah. So back then, uh, I would and I would like watch for that stuff, and I would see women, and then when they made their debut, it was like before everyone like the w, they were like, oh, they're gonna be out for six months first, or a couple weeks, or six weeks, or whatever it is. So that you're like, oh, that's because they're right. gonna debut on TV, and before they debut on TV, WWF is gonna pay for their breast implants. Yeah, <laughs> which is gross, and it's 
Not it's. I mean, at the same time, nothing against plastic surgery, and every, everyone should feel empowered to like own their sexuality. However, but this does feel like it was more of like a top down kind of decision. It's also super weird because like given, top down. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I think is like kind of weird about it is like as you know when you're uh, an actress or or when you're I don't know a model or whatever. Um, I I feel like getting plastic surgery isn't as it's it's not as intrusive as being an athlete who has to know and get the feeling for their body like i can't imagine what it's like to be an athletic like you know gymnast type wrestler and then they're like by the way you now weigh two pounds heavier well that's uh, why they don't do it anymore. on your at your top i think that's when they don't do it anymore yeah. Like because it's not as much, um, it's not as common. I don't think we see it as much at all in today's superstars, um, like today's female athletes. Some of them do, but I think that's more of like a them thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a personal choice. Like, like I Charlotte, think, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Like, has famously, but Sasha, Becky, Bailey, I don't think. And oh yeah, no, three of them have. At Becky all. for sure hasn't, and yeah. like, and you know, like she just kind of. I feel like it. it it's. It suits her because I mean Charlotte's an amazing fucking. But you also, but, and you could talk about Oscar. I mean, like you could. Keep yeah, and I check for. Her, I, I would think about some of the other women, except we haven't really seen them on TV too much. I know, but so, it depends if they're older ones, like or like um, more old school mm-hmm. or not. But like you think of Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, Oscar, Kari Sandra, I'm trying to think of anyone like. Yeah, they, yeah. The wizard. They're they are athletes now. That's was part of the change. But this is something I think who really suffered like that is like Trish Stratus and Lita, who were like or like people like that. Even Jacqueline. Um, in a lot of ways, that was like one of those who's like, I am an athlete actually, but I actually need to also be this um, blow up doll for the Attitude Era in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we'll be getting to the blow up doll in just a oh, minute. Oh, right. But first, to end this match. Uh, after the match, Luna goes underneath the ring. Sable goes in beneath her. Sable comes out with her clothes. Gold Dust goes in, covers her up with a robe. Yeah, it was real rodeo clown shit. Do you really? I just feel like this felt like very old, old wrestling. You like saw all the scenes, like you saw how all the you know all the yeah. all the tricks. Like well, yeah. that this is definitely like a very bad challenge on either Drag Race or Project Runway. Yeah, there was just nothing um, surprising or delightful about this. right. It was it, they were like. They were like terrible reveals. Yeah. During the during <laughs> yeah. like it's very like when they open the thing and all the butterflies are dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to have a great a, a great release. Yeah. I don't know what that's a reference to, but uh, it's great. Uh, what's her face? Um, what was her name? Uh, Asia O'Hara. Asia O'Hara. Also, uh, Bob's Burgers. It happened on a Bob's Burgers episode too. Oh, did it? Oh no, Asia O'Hara is the one I remember. She like was in the finals. Was like was dressed Live like a butterfly. That, had butterflies all over her outfit. Had like, but had this whole like big conical bra. Had these big this big thing on her wrist. This big wig. And inside all these things, they actually opened like lockets, and there was supposed to be live butterflies. She wanted butterflies to fly out like doing it live at like a theater in LA on live television. It It was very hot. It was hot, and the butterflies suffocated. I'm gonna need a link to that later on. I can't wait to watch that. She just dropped a bunch of dead butterflies. Wrists. Like, first of all, bad ally. Everyone should be watching Drag Race. It's the best show on television. It's so fucking it good. It is very good. Uh, also, Drag Race UK. If you haven't gone on board, I know. I, I will. It's I will. real fucking good. I know. I have to find it. Less good. Vince comes out with Briscoe and Patterson. 
I don't think this is not good. I think well, less good. Than, I mean, less good than Drag Race, sure. But I don't think this this was bad. This segment. I, what did it accomplish? I think it's needed the build of this uh, potential screw job coming. But I think that Austin had already built it up enough. I don't. This added zero to me. Mm. Here's how I feel. This is a very. Not, I mean, now that I understand what they were going for from the Raws and what Austin sewed, this feels very on the nose. It's like, he literally says, if Stone Cold screws Stone Cold, which is like, if you didn't get it earlier, you're going to get it now. I'm going to say the same thing that I said after Bret, after Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. It's, uh, it's just a little... It's like for the it's for the people in the back. Sure, know? I mean, sure. I, I I don't disagree. I don't think this is. I think you could excise this segment from the run of show and not lose anything. But I, I think this was, was like five minutes. But, I, was... but I thought this was. <laughs> I thought it was short. Or I thought it was well written. And I thought it was well acted. I thought it was like I, I agree. It's not totally necessary. It was a little redundant to the one before. Yeah. It's in advance. But that's were, what I'm saying. I, I, that's fair. That's fair. But I think it was a solid segment. And I don't know if there was like time they were filling or what, but. This, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. One Other thing, than it might be a little unnecessary. Yeah. One thing I like is the continued build of Briscoe and Patterson as the Stooges, and, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, do we get to talk about the Superstar line now? Oh, that is now, because it's with Sable, right? I, my only note is I have absolutely no curiosity about what Sable is. <laughs> there is... There is nothing in Thank this. You. There are no answers to this interview that I think I would ever want to hear. Like, yeah, I just had to go out. Like, I was trying to listen to yeah, 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 yep, yeah. Exactly. I just had to go out there, and I was like going out there, and I just needed to do this. And I'm like, cool. That's like when cool you watch story, like a reality bro. competition show, and they're like, I just really got to go out there and win this thing this week. And you're like, yeah, that's literally the whole point of the show. <laughs> that's yeah. your yeah, job. That's that is here. $2 a minute fucking answers. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I mean, I think that Sable was talking to a lot of heavy breathing on there. Yeah. Also, though, I could have watched 45 minutes of Sable on the Superstar line than the next match. <laughs> yeah. I got I got very little on the next match. I, although, I think so. We're talking about the New Age Outlaws versus LOD 2000. I did think them, the Dean Smith sex doll, I thought that was funny. What's Dean Smith? Dean Smith was the uh, the coach of um, UNC. You okay. can fill in the blank. Like, I don't know yeah. who that is, but yeah. I can understand. Right. You want a sex doll. Right. It's, a, it's a local, local hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do love their new gear. I like the new attitudes. I mean, like, I, every time I hear the words... Uh, L-O-D-2-K? Uh, repping that D and rolling on that X, I want to kill myself. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh. Even like, even as a kid, I was like, Ugh. I remember, I, Road Dog was my least favorite, and not just because he was the least, I think, well, I guess Billy Gunn, but Billy Gunn was hotter. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, even as a kid, I was like, this is cringy. Like, guys, stop trying so hard. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, Road Dog has so much talent on the mic. Like, he can, he could be, like, the, the, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Like, he's really good at that. And then some of the shit that he says is so fucking lame. I don't know. I like most of it. I, 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 I think that was a little embarrassing. I, and it's still early. Everyone gets better. Everyone's refining. Like, sure. they are figuring out what the attitude is, like, as they go. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That, to me, is really cheesy. And then the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, like that is that shit's iconic. It's amazing, yeah. it's wonderful. It yeah. rolls. Lod two thousand. Here's something I don't understand. This whole match, 
the whole match I have this question. What is Sonny's character? I want to Is she good? Is she bad? Is she smart? Is she a businesswoman? Is she... I can answer this for you. Sonny in this match is by the ring. Shit. I No, sometimes she's in the ring. <laughs> and sometimes she holds her hands in the air. I, I I wrote, I was like, truly, what are they doing with Sonny? Did creative not know how to use her? Sonny doesn't know how to use Sonny. No, I think is what it comes down no, to. No, but Sonny, when she was in the... When, when, the, when when we first started this podcast, yeah, like back when we started yeah, that, okay. and that was a good time for Sunny when she was being basically <laughs> passed around the tag teams, let's say, as manager, as manager, uh, and she was uh, kind of conniving and kind of like going with the belt and always wanted the gold, and so if the team lost, she'd fire them and hire, you know what I mean? Like, and they brought it up in the match at one point, but like there, there um, Lawler was like, oh, she only she wants gold, she well, wants belts. What is she doing in this match? Is she sneaky? Is she this? And I mean. I know I'm going to let order here. The ending, the they, even though LOD are he are faces, they attack the raft, and she kind of cheers them. I'm like, are you evil? Are you ruthless? Like, what? Give me the definition of what you are. What are you? What is this? She's honestly, she like it's crazy because she's now she and Sable have switched roles because Sable used to just be silent, yeah. silent arm candy by the side of the ring. And like, and Sonny used to be the big, the big person. And now Sable has not a character, but you know, she, she does things. And Sonny is just like wearing very, a very attractive outfit. She looks great. She looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks great. But like, nothing. Is it just that Sonny can't, like, cause I mean, so we've got four women right now and yeah. not counting Marlena. Five with Luna. Oh, you need to count Marlena. I mean, did, not counting Marlena at this point. So Luna, China, Sable, and um and Sonny and three of them at this point are either going or learning how to go at this point and Sonny just doesn't I don't think has it in her no. and I don't think that there's anywhere to go with her with where the company and where the shift is going you might say she lost her smile <laughs> for four years yeah well the thing too is that it's also I think she's a mess so I also think people I, I, I don't know I don't know this so much but I would love to uh Figure it out soon. Uh, dial back. I want to go back. I to go. I'm gonna go back to Sunny's history a little bit because I want to f- learn more. But I just do feel like uh, she was also troubled, so I imagine they wouldn't want to like, invest a lot of creative effort in her because she seems like a loose cannon. Yeah. Okay. I got nothing on this I match, so whatever you guys want to say is fine with me. Blah blah blah. New Age Outlaws win. I I thought the ending sucked. This was yeah. one of a terrible ending. Basically. Uh, I can't remember now if it was Hawk or Animal. I don't care. It the was, LOD, I think it's uh, Animal. It was Hawk. I think it was, well, whatever. Doesn't matter. I think it was, I think it was Animal. But anyway, some does a German, German suplex, suplex with yep. Bridge to Road Dog. All four shoulders are down, but the referee only counts the Legion of Doom shoulders for reasons that make absolutely no sense because Road Dog shoulders are one million percent down. Yes. And you would have to like be purposely not looking at them to not see that. Yeah. So it just was bad. It was just so like the justification is like our referees are idiot. Like the referees are dumb. Like so they so uh, road warriors thought that they won, and then uh, or LD thought that they won, and then they're like uh, the, the the referee is like actually the yes. you know the then- outlaws win, and they flip out, and then they take it out on the referee. They it, it, what's their move? The doomsday device. Okay, yeah. I thought it was funny because when they do the doomsday device on the referee, 
when they hit the, the referee with the doomsday device, it looked like when he landed, he counted himself out. <laughs> he, like, landed, and he, like, he like his arm, like, hit, like, he gave himself a one count. He kind of, like, flopped like a fish after yeah. he hit him a little bit. It was actually, a, it was a kind of a great sell. And he, he gets out in a stretcher, and it's awesome. Uh, I They put him in a stretcher. They put a blanket on him, and I was like, dude, stretchers <laughs> require blankets. I was like, was he chilly? <laughs> He's like a grandmother. I was like, ooh, drafty. Uh, also, a, a, a big standout. This is around the time where um, Jerry Lawler starts mentioning uh, uh, country country songs, country song titles. And he talks about drop, chi- drop Kick Me Jesus Through the Goalposts of Life. Yep, got that written down. Which is a real song. Wow, I don't know. He... That that was that was his whole thing. It was like these are the names of real country yeah, songs. He was right. I can't imagine Jerry Lawler not being a fan of country oh, songs. Oh, Tennessee Jerry Lawler, of course. His his cousin, the honky tonk. He should try listening to it at one and a half speed. Really? <laughs> it's a real bop. He also what did he name? Uh, get your tongue out. Uh, get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. That's another yes. one. Yep. Uh, I forget what. I prefer is. get your tongue out of my mouth because you're my cousin. <laughs> You're the honky tonk man. <laughs> Brian Christopher. <laughs> you say you're not my dad. Okay. Stepdad. Sorry. Stepdad Jerry Lawler. You say Brian you're not my dad, but you're here in my heart. Ooh, boy, something's in my bit of my browser history. Uh, okay, and boy. now let's get okay. to you. Guys, I we you know, we generally try to keep it on the pod, but as friends, there are times in in times of need, we have to reach out to one another, and one of those times was during the next segment of this pay per view. I um, well, it's funny because all all that I got from from Bobby's text was I need to leave the room I, while this is on, and I was like, it could be a lot of different things. It could have I, when I was watching the the nightgown match, or the, the evening gown match. I was like, maybe it's this one. Then I realized, of course, it's the, it's the concert. Yeah, the concert. is So we are joined. I mean. I, I wish I had more explanation for this. Well, we're joined by iconic country band Sawyer Brown that we all know. That we all know to sing their hit song that we all grew up singing along to. Some Which... girls do. Along with uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, famed singer <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, who is going to do his best to prove to us all tonight what a great live singer he is uh, uh... by definitely not lip-syncing this entire performance, <laughs> rendering the whole exercise completely moot. Uh Sawyer Brown, in case you forget your favorite band, Sawyer Brown, um, the frontman of this band honestly could have front- fronted so many other bands. Midnight he, Oil. No, he, live. He been, live is what I thought. He live. was Ed Kowalczyk from Live. I was going to say Midnight Oil. He, he looked like he was going to do Beds Are Burning. And look, I'm not saying he looks like him, but if I told you he was the frontman from Everclear, you'd be like, yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. No, it's one person. He's, he's, got he's a, gone through all of these. He's st- got a soul patch. He's got a shirt. He could be in the New Radicals. I don't know. It's like, uh, Smash Mouth Smash, a little like, bit. He could be the frontman of any band in 1998, honestly. He looks like he's made out of liquid, like he's Odo from uh, (laughs) Deep Space Nine. After 16 hours, he has to go back into a little pot. (laughs) But I wish that he was the frontman of any other band than this one, because holy shit, does this song suck. This, this, uh, this this concert felt like, like a Saved by the Bell segment. First of all, how dare you call this a concert? (laughs) (laughs) Because do you think the frontman of... 
Sawyer Brown uh-huh. was also singing? Because I'm pretty no, sure. No, nobody was singing. No, nobody was no. even playing an instrument. I'm pretty sure. This was like watching the mass singer, but no one was wearing masks. <laughs> like literally, the guy was playing guitar, and like the guitar ended while he was still playing. It I don't is, think anybody was playing anything. The feeling I felt watching it was one, as in I had to escape my own skin. Like, as if I had to get out of the, the, the human sack I am in and be free. There yes, is... yes, no, it is oh. it is music to release the energy it that is confined by your meat sack. Horrible. It is insulting to a degree that <laughs> kayfabe will never be insulting to think that Jeff Jarrett had anything near that voice. Like, <laughs> not that that voice was great, but it was just like... He, he he would just go like his mouth would just open, <laughs> and then you would just hear this fucking this like this studio quality. Like Ursula, like Ursula the Sea Witch stole the lyrics of the song in a necklace. <laughs> Meanwhile, they just put a bunch of peanut butter in JJ's mouth so that it would move in time. <laughs> They even the cameraman was just like, let me get him from behind. Oh my god, what a fucking night! And I mean, I must have watched this segment 147 times. <laughs> like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get through it the first time, and then once I did, I was like, okay, Bobby, this time I have to watch it because the first time I couldn't even look directly at it. <laughs> and then the more I looked at it, the more I couldn't look away when the lead singer of Sawyer Brown does the Jeff Jarrett. Walk. Oh, right, he does the he does the Jeff Jarrett like he just the Ric Flair strut. He, like the but no, but the Jeff Ric Flair strut, but like he's he looks like he's. Pinocchio like he doesn't know how to move his arms or his legs no this segment is like uh, Pennywise the clown and you're staring into the deadlights yes yes sorry Bobby was that too scary for you too scary too scary it was like but yeah he like he looked like he was being animated like in Beetlejuice that honestly (laughs) this I mean they do the whole fucking song a whole song whole fucking song do you realize Elias never gets to play a fucking song no I would listen to I would listen to a full album from Elias to never have to hear this again Uh, but this I would just listen to a whole album me too Elias is great Uh, but the Steve Blackman comes out to attack Jeff Jarrett and you would think they would be cathartic because this is awful and you're like please but then Steve Blackman Worst fucking also, jump kick. The fact that Steve Blackman did anything short of coming on stage and just like slitting Jeff Jarrett's throat, <laughs> like it's not satisfying. I'm like, no, cut his tongue out. Like, make sure this never happens again. He's so his mouth like Deadpool. Like, I don't want to do this. He does something like it looked like a worse version of the Karate Kid kick at the end, the crane kick. It was just like, yeah. Nothing. I'm sure this is a technically accurate way to do a karate (laughs) kick. Uh, That's not how they would do it. Uh... Um, I also, before that happens, though, I love, absolutely love, there's a point where Jeff Jarrett is like singing his part and he's like, he's really giving it his all to the crowd and someone just yells out, You suck! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, He does suck. Also, that's what I mean, like, Jeff Jarrett's a heel. So, like, the crowd's not going to cheer for this six-minute performance from Sawyer Brown. So, like, what the fuck? Who is this for? It's not like he's a baby face. Everyone's like, cool. This is cool. It's a weird troll. It is. It was uh, a very What was the crowd chanting? I don't know. Uh, I I had that too. They were chanting, we want flair. It's North Carolina. There was also a rumor heading into this pay-per-view because lots of people at this point were getting upset with WCW. And so so X-Pac was one of the first to leave and come back. Yeah. Um, to WWF so now we're st- this is like the, after all these people have left for WCW now we're starting to see like the cracks well it's here. important because the um, what is it 83 weeks they've snapped 
the 83 weeks at this point. What are the And they're going weeks? back. WCW beat, um, WCW Nitro beat WWF Raw for 83 straight weeks in the ratings. That's a year and a half? Uh, I don't know. I can't do math. Bobby? <laughs> What's 83 weeks? Hold on. I want to confirm this just because... Oh, yeah. It looks like that we did break it on the 13th. All right. All right. So wait, they broke it and then this happened. No, we're just saying, so for 83 straight weeks, it's 83 weeks, right? Yeah. For 83 straight weeks, WCW beat WWF in the ratings. Yeah. And now we're getting into this intermediary time where eventually it's going to be, I'm spoiler for you, Eric, WWF beats WCW and just has complete control over the ratings. Well, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> Actually, I feel like the 83 weeks, though, were before or earlier. Oh my god. I don't know. Whatever. Let's not <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay. Um you know what we're ready for. Oh, we're ready. Let's do this shit. Kane versus the Undertaker in Inferno match. The winner is the one who lights the loser on fire. And it's funny because you would when you see these two rest you know, superstars, you wonder which of them could plausibly get lit on fire and not suffer like extreme damages to their body? The one who is mostly covered in material versus the one who has bare arms? We'll never know. We'll never know, you know, like maybe it happened. maybe it went this 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 in this reality it went this way and in another reality it goes the other way. But we we, we'll we got to back up. We we 100% have to back up because the build up to this match you got to give them all the details is incredible. This is truly bonkers. Well, just so you know, in the build up here, first thing we're seeing a lot more of aggression from the Undertaker. Undertaker starting to pull out some Kane tactics and attack other people to try to draw Kane out to him. I'm not really sure exactly how that's supposed to work, but it's something that he's doing. And so Undertaker is moving from his Facey face roll into more between between a roll. Is this when he takes out like uh, the 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 headbangers? The headbangers, yeah. And uh, I think like uh, Aguila and Pantera and some other people in there as well. But Paul comes out with Kane and says, "We are going to wrestle you next week, but we're going to wrestle you in the cemetery where your parents are buried, which is apparently in Long Island because they were in Long Island that week." <laughs> Undertaker's from Long Island. Oh, I'm definitely my my uncle Irving is definitely buried out <laughs> by where the Undertaker's parents are. It's like, you know, there's a nice Jewish, you know, Star of David over the the headstones. They Undertaker leaves a rock on top of the headstone before he wrestles the match. So April twentieth, Kevin Kelly is reporting live from the cemetery where Kane and Taker are or supposed dead to be. from the cemetery. Yes, as, as <laughs> reporting dead. Oh, we've got it's a real crypt keeper. We got a, we got a, the 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 crypt keeper over here. <laughs> um, he says there that Undertaker left quickly after hearing a blood curdling scream. Undertaker then rushes over, jacks up Kevin Kelly, and goes, "Where are they? Where are they?" A hearse pulls in to the stadium. Kane takes two coffins out of the back of the hearse while Paul Bearer is covered in dirt. They bring the coffins out to the top of the ramp. These are the Undertaker's parents' 
remains. They are actually a million dollars in each coffin. <laughs> Undertaker, try to pick a number. Ah, you look, like, it. you look like a million bucks there. Oh, it was four! Come on! <laughs> My second guess. Paul Bearer, when they show up, starts singing a song about digging up bones. <laughs> Did he get them bones, them bones, bones gonna bones. <laughs> walk around? Uh, teeth are outside bones. <laughs> Uh, the lights go out. Taker Lawler says it must be Undertaker, even though we just saw Kane backstage. They take the caskets out on the ramp. The gong hits. Paul says, pour on the gas, Kane. Lights one of the coffins on fire, and Undertaker gets chokeslammed into his mother's coffin. Uh, while it's on fire? Complete with a... No. Oh, the father's coffin's on fire. Undertaker's chokes on the mother's coffin, and they do tight shots on, like, the rotted bones and worms that, like, Undertaker is, like... It, they went... They leaned all the way in. It's fucking awesome. Now, Eric, you know, as we mentioned in an earlier episode, we have had Eric stop watching Intervening Raws between pay-per-views. We kind of want him to go in with this sort of naked perspective and, like, fresh eyes. But these pay-per-views are extremely worth your time. Extremely. You mean these the Raws? Raws. Yeah. These Raws, I'm sorry. These Raws are extremely worth your time. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still working my way out of the deficit, so I will get to <laughs> but it. Something, a lot of it you can skip. A lot of the other stuff. A yeah. lot that you can skip. There's a lot you could skip. But this this shit is this is some of the looniest, tooniest shit WWE has ever cooked up. How much do you love this match, Bobby? I honestly people hate this match. People hate it? People hate this match. They think it's bad, they think it's cheesy, they think the gimmick sucks, they think it's unrealistic, they don't like there's so many things about it that don't make that if you scrutinize it too much it doesn't work. But I fucking love that. I love it. I love it. I love the way they know how to pour on the gas at just the right moment. So to paint a picture, we've got a wrestling ring that is surrounded by, um, I guess, it, it propane it's a gas probably. Rig. It's a yeah, natural it, gas it, rig. A gas rig. Okay. So we've got. It's like going to uh, like Korean barbecue. <laughs> yeah. But they've like decentralized it a little bit. So just surrounding Less all four corners. <laughs> that is not Korean. Oh, is it, what would it be? It would be like okay. gochujang. The red pepper paste. What's a little sweeter sauce? I don't know. The hoisin sauce? That that's more of um I think it's more of like a Thai thing. Well, probably. Go on. Anyway. Um I think it looks great. I think they know just with every single slam, every time jump, every single punch, they know when to pour that flame on just right. I think it looks great. I think it's awesome. Also fun fact, Gerald Briscoe was the one who was cueing when to pop the flames. Like it little bumps. So there's a there's the ring of fire or the uh, love is a burning thing. Yeah, Yeah, ring of fire, Uh, and it's 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 you know they're at a nice low you know just a little bit under the the bottom rope, and then at different times in the match it rises up right. So they hit a big bump like a superplex for example. The flames go higher. Body slam. The flames go higher. Uh, First of all, I want to note. I think it's very surprising that Kane is so comfortable with these conditions, given that, what, 50% of his body was burned in a fire? Like, do you remember the hound from <laughs> Game of Thrones? Like, that guy just burned his face. And he's like, no, not a fire! Yeah, it should be like Jason with water and all that, yeah. Right, like, yeah, he should just be, be like, I don't want to be in that fucking yeah. ring. Like, with all of the fire? No, thank you. Oh, but I think they, that his the, the justification of his character is like, it, he, like... His yeah, way no, of we respond to the no, Bobby. To own Bobby, the we fire. get it. It's okay. just this is a podcast, and that's a funny thing to say. Yes, 
I mean, I, I get because he does. I get yeah, he controls fire. He controls fire. the fire and he shoots up from from the ring. Post. I get it, I get Eric. That, that was very funny. Thank you. And keep it going. Thank you. You're like, well, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, actually, a valid character choice to also to be like, hey, not all of us have to be like crippled by our trauma. Some of us are empowered and turn into power. Who does that? No one at this table. <laughs> the Hound. Uh, okay. Uh, I okay. I will also say that I liked the way the fire went up. I thought they missed one really good moment when Undertaker was it? Is it a tope? Mm-hmm. When Undertaker did the tope, I think the tope would have been a lot cooler if they raised the fire during the tope. <laughs> yes, <laughs> wouldn't that have been awesome? A hundred percent, yes. But thank God they did not. That's always a great spot. This it whole was, match was worth that spot. He was like a phoenix in that. Yeah. Let, so, so uh, but we got to say, know what a tope is. A tope is when the Undertaker ran and jumped out like he did this well, well, first before. things first i mean so where they're in the ring the whole idea is that they're trapped in the ring till someone's in, on fire except what ends up happening is kane gets tossed out of the ring over the fire he's on the outside undertaker is trapped in the ring within the fire but then but first okay uh-huh yeah yeah then vader comes out from the uh, well wait no first first kane starts leaving <laughs> kane is leaving the ring then vader comes in mm-hmm I'm looking at y'all for interrupting everybody all the time, and I feel like <laughs> well, but you, you the know, tables are turned. Vader, no one cares. Vader okay. didn't come out I'm yet. I'm just saying. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying. I hey, know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> right now, we're all holding hands. We're checking ourselves. Breathe in. Bobby, take it away. Thank you. So, Kane's on the outside. Undertaker's on the inside, surrounded by the fire. Now, wait, Kane, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I know. Now, Kane goes to leave, and he is met by, I know, but I've got a chance to say it, Vader, who, if you recall, last we saw Vader, he was being hit in the head with an oversized wrench, <laughs> with a comically large wrench. That did not look like it was, like, made to spec. No, no, and I'm sure it was, like, obviously made of, like, uh, like a stress ball. It was, like, it was, like, not, they didn't even use, like, a, a level on it. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was just, like, it looked like a, like an isosceles triangle. It was bad. Um, but he stops him from leaving. Vader and Kane are sparring on the ramp uh, close to the ring. Uh, Undertaker does his running tope over the top onto both Kane and Vader, mostly Kane. Now he hits it, taking them out. Kane now rolls toward the ring. Uh, Paul Bearer comes around to hit Undertaker with a chair, which Undertaker, of course, doesn't sell. Undertaker sh- uh, goes after Paul Bearer, fights him up to the Sawyer Brown bandstand. <laughs> Uh, where, the ghosts of Sawyer Brown are still lingering. Where Jeff Jarrett is still mouthing the words now. Uh, <laughs> hit th- hits uh, Paul Bear over the head with a bass drum. Paul Bear bleeds. Uh, I think that was real. I don't think he bladed. Uh, I was wondering about that. Then it looked great. I think yeah, it looked really good. But the whole point is this is supposed to draw our attention away because what's happening while this is happening is Kane is lying next to the ring with his arm under the ring. Under the ring, Tex are fitting his arm with a sleeve. That goes over everything that he could put easily on fire. A Holocaust sleeve. I don't know what. What? What? Did you ever watch a uh, you know in Princess Bride? They talk about in Princess Bride. They talk about how they when they need to storm they, the castle. They need, to, they, what they need a Holocaust, Holocaust cloak. cloak. Cloak, which is then Andre the Giant is gets lit on fire. I, I am the so dead pirate robbers. Anyway, a Holocaust cloak in the in the world of the Princess Bride is a cloak that you can light on fire which, without consuming, because Holocaust just means fire. Great. That's like what this was. That's what this was. Yeah, yeah you're right. Holocaust sleeve. Yeah. So he got to... Um... I'm, I'm working on a Holocaust sleeve, but I won't be able to be buried in a Jewish cemetery after I get it. <laughs> uh, 
he gets his sleeve on. Undertaker fights his way back. Undertaker basically gives him like one kick into the fire. Kane's arm goes up. He's like, ah, I'm on fire. Goes into the back. Bye. Yeah, he's gone. Did no longer be on fire anymore. Undertaker is declared the winner of the match. Okay. Yeah. The winner of the match is the one who lights the other person's arm on fire. Okay. There's a lot of there's a couple things I want to I want to hit on. Let's hear it. The the reason we got all stuck up in the whole like, ooh, what happened and when invader is because I see this that that um sequence as very similar to the uh cage match with uh Shawn Michaels where he injures the the cameraman. And the cameraman, uh, you know, needs to be taken out of the uh-huh. cage, mm-hmm. and, or Hell in a Cell. Yeah, Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell. And then, and that's how we get to on top. This that part felt like a very like laying on of the dominoes mm-hmm. because what you know when you're watching this, you think Kane is out and Kane is walking away. Undertaker is like standing there looking, and he's like, "What? How do I get out of this? How do I? I want. I need to get to him. How do I get to him?" And you're like, "Well." He, he's not like is he gonna jump over how like he should he should be able to clear the ropes but he can't because of the fire how the hell is he gonna clear the ropes so what of course what he needs to do is we've seen that he can do the tope what he needs is oh he needs somebody to tope onto so that's when you get vader comes in as like the fucking you know the the the, the garbage compactor in in star wars pushing uh kane back Mm-hmm. And that's what gives it's like a it's like a, a Rube Goldberg machine, right? Yeah. Like that gets it. So that was why that it was a very rewarding thing to see, like to be like, I want to, I need to see him go over those ropes and go over the fire. This is gets in there. And speaking of rewarding things, how gra- uh, satisfying was it when Paul Bearer got the uh, bass drum over the head? Yeah, because he's been a pain yes. in the ass. He's done horrible things. Yeah. This felt like a real blow off, yeah, uh, type match because it felt like, wow, man. Undertaker's just gonna fucking like destroy everybody. Yep. And Kane and Vader now have some business that they need to take care of. Yeah. And the pop, the pop that that the, the that Undertaker gets when he no sells the chair and turns on Kane, mm-hmm. uh, turns on Paul Bearer, mm-hmm. is awesome. Like everybody wanted to see Paul Bearer get fucking destroyed. I, I love this match. Is yeah. it technically the most sound? No. No, a lot of I it, know. It's the first time they ever did it. And is it and, awkward and clunky and, and weird again, to keep him away from the ropes during the match? Sure, sometimes, but it's pretty good. And Kane is still... He's still green, too. Yeah. Like, I loved it, though. They uh, they had a, they had some really intense chair shots. Also, oh my god, JR is going to regret saying Concussion City. Like, hmm. talk about... like. Suplex City, fine, but could you imagine, like, now talking about, like, oh, it's Concussion City for everybody. <laughs> like, oh, come on, dude. We're heading out down to CTE Burn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I, I thought it was funny to imagine what Jerry Lawler is like at a campfire because the entire match he was like, do you feel that, JR? It's so hot. It's so hot. Feel my jacket. Like, could you imagine him at a campfire just being like, feel this, feel this. It's so hot. Look at this. He it's brought so out he brought out the weenies and the marshmallows before the match even began. It's that like, was pretty uh, good. That I was like fine. That uh, I like that joke. Again, this is a match that is that is a feud that stems from the fact that you desecrated the, their parents' graves and were making some uh, a weenie roast joke. I it's so know. hot though. I'm sweating. It's so hot. Look how hot this is. It's a fire. It's an actual fire. Yeah, pretty funny. 
that brings us to our main event. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're going to go into everything before. There was one question I had. There was, JR had like a televised statement. I don't know why you thought that. And I couldn't find anything that was more, this was just more of like building the Vince as the antagonist. Okay. He's not even Mr. McMahon yet. So it was, it was Vince being like, you have to, to retract something that you said yes. and just, yeah. It I was just... more like, it just, again, was like along the lines of Vince um, expecting his employees to tow a certain corporate line and things like that. That just, this is all still the very, things that we're also accustomed to now, this is still the very beginning. Yeah, and it's it, fucking it, great. He's not even Mr. We, McMahon we gotta, yet. We definitely go back. Yeah, it felt like a real proof of life video. Like, he's just like, uh, they're gonna, I don't know what they're gonna do to me if I don't do this. It <laughs> yeah, was good. That, that was the point. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were going for. Um, it, are you gonna run through the Raws? Yeah, we'll, we'll run through. Do you have any questions to start Specific, off with? Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, not, uh, there are two things. I noted that uh, when Austin comes out in the suit, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This is we've we've done the makeover on Austin. He's now a corporate man, and he comes out in the suit, and he's like, take a picture, develop that film, because this is the last fucking time I'll fucking wear a suit.' I think that every time I'm at a funeral <laughs> or any kind of event where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking wear this anymore. Uh, but then he rips all of it off, and he's wearing like like some kind of trunks and like a t-shirt underneath. It was hot. Uh, it was very hot. Very sexy. And he, you know, he just goes, he goes, batch it. It looked like this is a, a the dude love heel turn that I may have heard was yes. coming yeah. from listening well, to another podcast. Let me back up to something else before. So to go back to the Raw after Mania, and again, I think we've stressed tonight how important that Monday Night Raw is above all overs, um, above all others. Uh, Vince calls Austin down to the ring. Um... And kind of wants to do wants to um, wants to broker a peace deal between the two of them. You know, we could do great things with your brawn and my brains. You could be the greatest WWF champion of all time. And just to say something like that to Stone Cold Steve Austin, knowing he already thinks of himself as the greatest WWF champion of all time, um, he says, "Vince says we can do this the easy way or the hard way." Austin chooses to stun Vince, and it's great. Vince calls the police and it is i mean it's great like it, it's it's such a, a new thing at that like we've seen this so many times now even on raw recently in the past like five years i want to say here in brooklyn he got ta- vince got taken to the brooklyn police department um here. ronda rousey charlotte and becky will take away in cuffs on the lead up to wrestlemania sure. this most res- recent wrestlemania i i think that this it, it's a great move but this is like the genesis of a great move yeah that's a that's a lot of um, I mean aren't those all like either felonies or misdemeanors like get like uh, uh, filing a false uh, a false report with the police? <laughs> it's a lot. They're 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 gonna put a boot on uh, on Vince's uh, scar car scar car. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Cactus Jack has decided um, people don't care enough about everyone was like when he was doing mankind and when he was doing love they're like we want cactus jack we want cactus jack but he feels like people have kind of like turned his back turned their back on him and so he's no longer about it after that you know what i I kind of i kind of get that mm -hmm. at at least at this point i like dude love it's fun (laughs) it's a fine move that seems like i i I don't so i didn't go back and watch these a lot of this i remember so aaron you can maybe help Mm -hmm. clear up for me because I just feel like there's a much easier way to get here story-wise than, like, having Mick turn on the fans like that to be like, you didn't appreciate me. I feel there's like such an easy way for Vince to, like, th- I just, w- if I was writing the story, I would have Vince approach Cactus Jack and be like, 
well, I'm looking for a new uh, corporate face. Do you ever want to be champion catch? I'd be like, no, I want to be covered in barbed wire and fucking eat thumbtacks for breakfast. Like, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, maybe you do, but doesn't anybody want to be like a pretty boy champion in there inside that head of yours, Mick? Mm-hmm. And like, that's what like has him turn to dude. Because he's like, this is my chance to be Shawn Michaels finally, which well, makes perfect sense. That um, It's funny. And I wish they explicitly put that into the story. Without having read, without having seen any Raws, seeing dude love turn kind of heelish a little bit the first thing that came in my mind was, of course, because Shawn Michaels is out, so he gets to be Shawn Michaels. And I was like, that in my mind, that made sense. Well, exactly what you said, not not, to, not the voice, yeah, but like the Perfect the idea pitch. of 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 Mick Foley doing a his Shawn Michaels impression now that there's no Shawn Michaels is exactly where my brain went. It makes perfect sense. What would make Mick Foley turn on the fans? The dream, the chance to finally realize his dream is just too sweet. That's such a more interesting character thing than he's a little petty. Yes. I don't feel appreciated. Right. I think that, mm. but I think that, um, I get, I Mick, 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 Fo- Mick Foley's involvement in this is secondary because yeah. I think all attention is on. But what's funny that that's how it was designed. This was, at this point, they still don't, I think, realize that the, the plan is still not to be like Vince is going to be the primary antagonist here. Okay. They still, I don't think, are making that decision into this pay per view. Um, but it's in, Mick. It's supposed to be Mick, and Vince is supposed to be helping put Mick over. But in the lead up here, we have Austin saying to to Vince McMahon, "You want this championship. You want it for yourself, don't you?" And saying, "I'm going to wrestle for this championship tonight, and it's going to be against you. And I'll tell you what: you can either meet me in the ring, or I can find you. And I can kick your ass. Hell, I can kick your ass with one hand tied behind my back." And this is the week that WWE first beats WCW. Is that week, right? Yes. That's that raw. Yes. Because then in the main event, Vince McMahon, uh, like, first off, the the lead up to this is great. He's got all the stooges telling him, oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to show this guy. You could take him. You're you're an athlete and all that. Shane comes in and is like, I don't think you should do that. But I was like, no, no, no. You should do that. You should do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. So he comes down in a tank top and he's ready to fight. He gives Austin a slap beforehand that like never gets answered. Then he said the match is about to begin. He says, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said you could do this with one hand tied behind your back." So, they tie him up there and then it's about to begin. That's when Dude Love comes down. That's when he interferes in there. And at first Vince is pissed at Dude Love because he had a chance to embarrass Austin in the ring. Mhm. But it leads up to this match and this match is a great match. I think it's a really good match. They like do some great wrestling. I think the finish kind of is oh, not my favorite finish. We'll get yeah yeah, but, but I like. But I thought the wrestling in this match was good. It was hard. Mick takes some fucking bumps. I mean, like the concrete. The concrete stuff. Again, we forget all these folks that are getting over with through these feuds. Like even Shawn Michaels' match at Mankind. It's because he. Puts them over so much with these huge fucking bumps. Yeah, here's the thing. I never think, when I think of the great rivalries that Mick Foley has had, and I think of the great rivalries that Stone Cold has had, I never really put the two of them together. Okay, but I'm I'm saying... I forgot about this here because yeah. this is an incredible rivalry that's going to spawn some fantastic matches going forward. Even better than this one here. Mick Foley's... Honestly, Mick Foley's best days are still ahead, which is yeah. crazy because he's done so much great stuff, and there's still he he still hasn't peaked. He still yeah. hasn't peaked. 
it's unbelievable the work he does. He's so good. I think to your point, he's underappreciated at this time just because he's so good and so solid. How cool was it to watch Stone Cold overpower the Mandible Claw? A finisher that we've seen, like nobody has been able to. Once that gets locked in, no one's been able to beat. I, I mean, I loved it. I loved, there was like a hip toss onto concrete that was really crazy, like off the stage. Mm-hmm. There was like so many like huge bumps that Mick, it's just great. It just feels good. If any one of us wrestled Mick Foley, we would look like stars. That's because yeah. like he would be fucking jumping out the window us. for us, and as I would be. Right, we'd be <laughs> Billy <laughs> Gunning it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I don't have a lot of specific stuff to say about it, but I was just having a good time watching it. Yeah, I you know this was like coming at the end of a long day and a long pay per view, so um, I, I my attention was a little bit dwindling by that point. But I I, I should rewatch it in general just to kind of like get the full impact of it because i was like this is good but it didn't it didn't like there weren't things that made me like sit up in my seat yeah the ending is fucking stupid yeah so yeah basically ends up happening that shit sucked vince and the stooges come down they sit at ringside there's a lot of like eyes at the bellman so now there's a whole idea of like is a screw steve bellman <laughs> the bellman the bellhop um at one point the ref gets bumped austin hits vince with a fucking chair. Like, hits like, him with hits, a chair. Hits him with a fucking chair. You know what? The chair. only time I didn't, I didn't go, oh, no. Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> go taste, for it, man. Taste your own medicine. Yeah. Take, take another one. Yeah. Billionaires shouldn't feel safe. Truth, eat the rich. Um, Austin Sunner's Mick pins him, counts his own one, two, three, because the ref is still out. So, <laughs> and Which I guess is like, it's a thing you can do. That's why it's not explained. doesn't matter. Um, and they spend a lot of time so Vince selling. long Vince selling like it's uh, just so much of Vince selling and I love when they're like and you know uh, Vince Vince had had neck surgery too actually it was a worse injury than <laughs> than Stone Cold you forgot to mention my favorite thing that happened on the Raw what's that uh, when Stone Cold sack tapped Vince McMahon for no reason <laughs> Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I actually sack tagged him, and it was really fucking funny. Yeah, sack tapping is funny. Never I, I do used it to, to call me. it a cup check. <laughs> I won't do it to you, but I love it when it. I love to see it. It's a. It's kind of a prank, isn't it, Bobby? It's very close to pranks, and as we have famously, famously said, I, I hate pranks. But love, love the, love the. But cup I love check. seeing someone else get sack tapped. So I don't love they, seeing someone, someone get that you're not a, a, affiliated with. If you were walking down the street and there were two random teens and you saw them sack type each other, you I would stop. I would stop and I would stop and watch. <laughs> I think it's very funny. From a, it from a, so quickly. From a distance because teens love pranks and oh, you yeah, never I, know I, when they're going to turn first on of you. All, I don't get close to teens, okay? <laughs> Too so, scary. The, the thing about a cup check, sack tap, whatever you want to call it. I call it a pee pee tap. Really? Oh. I never had a name for it. Nathan taught it to me. I was like, I don't know what oh, that's really? called because I didn't have the, no the friends. Weenus, we never did it. The weenus touch. Uh, the thing about it that's so great is that like it's got a real that delayed yeah. reaction. That, so it's it like, happens so fast. You hit him and then like whatever, <laughs> and then it's such a the good, wave comes over. It's so it's a fat. It happens so quickly and it's such a light touch. It doesn't feel like aggressive and it's just it's 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 all it's no no harm all fun. So yeah, he's. Oh, well, I don't know the, the 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 discomfort that it causes is a special type. But he sacked Vince McMahon, and it's very funny. And I actually particularly love seeing Vince McMahon specifically get sacked out. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Um, but that's it. That's the show, guys. Yeah. Um, some things of note also on the Raw going forward. Val Venus is on his way. Val Venus is coming. 
don't know who that is. No, you don't. Aaron, I would. I mean, that's the point. So we had talked a lot about watching these, like uh, me coming to my own sexuality, watching WWE and being like, oh, I think all these guys are hot. But like, I wasn't like rubbing it raw to these people. Like, I wasn't that sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Val Venus. Wait, if that's sophisticated, then I am fucking uh, <laughs> no, no, but Leonardo like, da Vinci <laughs> over here. I am no, 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 Wagner. I, did, I didn't like. I wasn't like out to myself even fully. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like this, but and I, and I didn't and I wasn't masturbating because I was like I was just basically figuring out how to masturbate. Well, true because but, you're you're. Mother has terrified you to from using porn. Yeah, and so, just probably from your entire body as well. Um, not really, but also like no one told me otherwise. No mm-hmm. one teaches queer sex. This is a whole other conversation. Um, but Val Venus was a huge turning point in my life. Specifically, uh, I do remember figuring out how to masturbate to Val Venus. I can't okay. wait to figure it out in the next couple <laughs> weeks for myself. And also, superstars. How long is Talia gone? <laughs> oh, that, that's a different podcast. Things have taken a dark turn. And also, some superstars are being attacked by three unnamed Asians, or Orientals, as JR so, so modernly puts it. So they're rugs. <laughs> and Flash Funk has gone to his Too Cold Scorpio name. Bobby too is sexy, too, too, sexy too cold. Cool. Um, Kai and Tai. Oh, were they named yet or no? Uh, not yet, but wait. It's all this good. is like the all future. Yeah, by the next one. No, this is, these are on the the raws on, on in the meantime. These are other things happening on Raw that didn't that weren't really that didn't play out on this pay per view, but yeah. may in the future. Okay. But yes, the uh, Kai and Tai will be in the next pay per view. Um, but as you go back and watch these raws, Val Venus is someone to pay attention to, and so are um, the 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 group of Asian wrestlers. Yes. Great. Okay. But that's for next time. But for right now, we have a little bit of unfinished business. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of a Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. I'll jump in. Okay. I got a quick and easy one here. I'm going to give the Slammy for fashion and function to China's Purple Scrunchie. (laughs) Why was she wearing it? I don't know. They do have professional hair and makeup people in the back. They let her out like that. Don't know why. <laughs> Literally could have done anything else. Could have put a black scrunchie in. It's a ponytail holder, a plain black ponytail holder. Nope. She was bright just, purple scrunchie. She it, was just a rat in a cage. Did Did you check that? No, I actually didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't notice it at all. Absurd. I didn't Absurd even know she choice. had hair. Well, speaking of hair, I'll go next. And um, this one's kind of a cheap one here, but. I know in my younger days, I dreamed of a time where there would be plenty of superhero television shows on, and I must have acquired a monkey's paw that would be like, there will be nothing but superhero television shows on TV. But for a long time, I was keeping up with all of them, but there's a new Batwoman TV show on starring the amazingly, like one of the most beautiful people on earth, uh, Ruby Rose. Mm -hmm. However, when she's in the Batwoman facade... She has long flowing red hair that is nowhere on her body. So I'm going to give the Mark of Cain award to Ruby Rose and the wig that's attached to her Batwoman costume. Whoa, you went from the past to the future? <laughs> that was pretty good. Though I do think in the comic books it's also canon that Kate Kane wears a wig with a cowl. Okay, that's fine. I, that's, I, that's fine with me. Listeners, but... if you want to quote me on that, do it. But off the top of my head, I do actually think that is canon. Kate Kane? Kate Kane is Batwoman. Oh, I think thought it was Barbara Gordon. No, she's Oracle. That, and Batgirl. Oh, so Batwoman was a different Bat person. Batwoman was Bruce Wayne's cousin. Kate Kane was a lesbian. Oh, I'm obviously named after Bob Kane. Probably. Pro- that makes sense. 
Okay, mine is the uh, Law and Order SVU Award. Yikes. To the guy holding the sign that says Sable Free Tongue Bath <laughs> with, a, with an arrow pointing oh, down the head. Yeah. I clocked that one. That guy is, I mean, that guy is just lucky this was before registries <laughs> because 100%, like, what are. It, don't like imagine he's this is when like it's still a family property and like everyone's online and he's holding his son he's like oh man she's gonna love it it's like the asshole like every year that you see on halloween who has a box over his head that says free mammograms on it right or female body inspector well that's just funny (laughs) it's the fbi Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life End over in neither left nor to right Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life Love us, disagree, want to light us on fucking fire? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Hell in a Cell Pod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or wherever Connell reviewed us, maybe. We'll be back again for Over the Edge in your house. Yep. Dante. Bye. <laughs> Bring on the brothers who've gone on before And all of the sisters who've knocked on your door All the departed dear loved ones of mine Stick them up front in the offensive line Dropkick me Jesus through the goalposts of life End over in neither left nor to right Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights Dropkick me Jesus through the goalposts of life Dropkick me Jesus through the goalposts of life End over in neither left nor to right Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights Dropkick me Jesus through the goalposts of life Yeah, dropkick me Jesus Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Nick. I'm Alan. And I'm Adam. And together we host the King James Virgin, where each week my friends tell me a Bible story from their childhoods. I attempt to retell it from memory. Well, I reread it and gladly offer corrections. And I've never heard any of it before. So whether you already know these stories, have some vague recollection of absurd details, or come to the table with a clean slate, please check out the King James Virgin. It's available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, none none of this is real. real.